So what I would do is I'm not just going to walk in there and ruin her thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for you to decide, right? Sure. But I would at least take a like a little lightsaber and put it on the side of my uh, of my waist. Oh, okay. Like all the guys in there know what's going on. And the, the audience is like, what are you guys doing? This is so, so random. <laughs> but... I mean, you think it's a good idea, or it'd be funny. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, really, I wouldn't want to ruin it. But like, I mean, if I'm only gonna get, preferably, hopefully, if I'm only gonna get married once, mm-hmm. I would want to put a little bit of something of myself in there. And I, I think, like I told you, I think the idea of doing like an honor guard thing, where like, you know how you have like the flower girl and like the ring bearer boy and whatever, yeah. like just have like. My friends who have lightsabers just flank down the aisle in little pairs, pairs, like a pairs, and then like 10 feet, pairs, 10 feet, pairs. And they're just standing there with like suits, all matching suits. And they just have like lightsabers, like right at like their chest level with their Mm -hmm. arms like this. Like for those who can't see, like the arms, like where your hands meet, pressed against your chest with your elbows pointed, flared out. And they just have like the lightsabers just like up like that. Just like a like a like a honor guard kind of thing. And then like the the little girl could uh, dress up like Amidala. Right, nobody <laughs> nobody knows unless you know. That's gonna be very complicated because Amadala has like very elaborate outfits and like the hair pieces, and that's like I'm talking about like the little white dress and oh. the little. Oh, you mean uh, uh, Leia? Yeah, Leia with the little buns on the side. Oh, Leia's very easy. That's very plain. Yeah, that's so very cool. plain. But I think you see hair buns, you know that's Leia. There's no even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you see hair buns in a white outfit. Like that's not a joke anymore. That's like oh. That's clearly late. It's not like an inside thing. So if there's a Star Wars track, which one would you sneak in there? Uh, the, the track that I like is called Across the Stars. Mm-hmm. And then for those of you guys who don't know what that is, it's the love theme that plays whenever Anakin and Padme are together. It's the one that plays when they get married at the end of Attack of the Clones. Is the... It's like a very romantic kind of spacey sound. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one of the best tracks from like the from the prequel trilogy. That and Duel of Fates, but Duel of Fates is a little aggressive for a wedding. <laughs> I think Duel of Fates... Da, 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 da. A little too That's aggressive. A little much. Yeah. yeah, a little too much. But um, it'd be cool if I could get to the end... She comes out, we're at the front, and then, like, at the same time, the guys who are flanked, they just do, like, the about turn sideways, like, forward. So, like, at the same, like, kind of like a, like a hut, kind of like a, like a allowed step, and then turn, and then just, like, face forward. Like, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. I don't, I don't know if I could, I don't hey, know if That's hard to pull that. off, because. They would have to wait for a signal or something. Because the, uh, the wife, he has, like, this whole theme set up, uh-huh. and I don't know if that would clash with her, but, yeah, I think you could definitely sneak in a, a couple things in there. Like maybe maybe the food would be interesting too, but what's more iconic than the uh, than the blue milk, the green milk, the green milk from uh, Last Jedi, when Luke drinks straight out of the creature's like udder. Oh no! I mean, like he just has it splattered across. Oh, it. that's disgusting! And, and like Ray's just looking at him like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I don't think there is iconic food from Star Wars. There's nothing like what? No, it's just the blue milk. There's no Star Wars doesn't like linger on food. Really? That's a shame, though. Yeah, so I don't think that would work, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I- I'd be cool if I could make that in. And that's very appropriate, too, because today is May the 4th, Johnny. May the 4th be mm-hmm. with you, of course. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you don't have figured out, we're talking to, uh, oh, I don't know. For those of you listeners who don't know, I just got engaged this past weekend on Saturday. Uh, I proposed to my girlfriend of several years. She said yes, yada, yada. It went well. Give her the ring, give her flowers, and now her her mom and my mom 
are like trying to figure out uh venues and then this is the part that i really dread because uh as a guy i'm not really into the whole like wedding stuff that's i'm not the party planning kind of person but that's not to sound sexist that's more like the girl thing kind of thing you know what i mean like that's exactly what you mean yeah i don't want to sound sexy no because it's not a bad thing it's not like a derogatory thing to say it's not they love that shit yeah women love like you know planning stuff and parties and themes and what's the ven- what's the menu gonna be like and i'm just like tell me when and where i'll show up boba tell me how much it's gonna cost i'll show up you gotta have boba I thought because we're talking about Star Wars, talking about Boba Fett. I'm like Boba. What? No, no, no. Oh, not Boba. Fett. <laughs> Is he gonna be my best man? Is Boba Fett? Well, if we're talking about sneaking in foods, I mean Boba and then Boba Fett. Right. Oh, make the make the whatever the drink is like kind of like green. Like green, uh, tinted green, tinted green. Make the boba balls like red to like for his like helmet for his oh, visor. Okay, yeah, yeah. boba, boba, fe. boba, and then like there's a buffet, so it's a boba fay. Boba fay. Boba oh, fay. It's it's all coming together, guys. It's all coming yeah. together now. <laughs> we should be planning this shit. <laughs> we should. I don't know if my if my if my girlfriend's gonna it's it's all gonna fly with her. Like I, I don't know. I gotta have something for me, right? There should be something there for me if I'm paying for all this, right? So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is not a wedding podcast. It's not a Star Wars podcast. Although I do have one, but that's not here. Uh, check out my Star Wars show if you can on YouTube. Anyways, plugins over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Duo Sense podcast. A supposedly weekly podcast <laughs> we try to do. Uh, that's why I didn't show up last weekend when we were supposed to record because I was doing all that engaging stuff. And uh, we're here to talk about video games. And as always, I'm your host, Andrew Orozco, joined by the Badger of the High Desert. The self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count. The unnecessary one, the truth. Johnny. Hello. Thank you, Johnny. All right, guys. Let's get now. We have all that out of the way. Let's get let's get into why we are here. We have three stories for this week, and we're just gonna dive in, shall we, Johnny? So we have the first one. This one's from Forbes, uh, written by Paul Tot. Yeah, Paul Tassie. We've talked about it before. He's like the main games guy over there at Forbes. And the first story we're talking about is PS5 just had the most Q1 console sales in history. If you were wondering what would happen when PS5 supply finally would come close to meeting PS5 demand, we now have our first real look at just how much the system was being held back before this. Sony has just revealed that PS5 has sold 6.3 million units in Q1. That means, you know, first quarter, which is the highest number of console sales in Q1 ever. Any console, any generation. There have, of course, been higher overall sales in the holiday period and closer to launch, but it's a colossal figure for PS5, which seems well on its way to besting PS4 now that most supply issues have been resolved. This brings total PS5 sales to 38.4 million. The PS4 by last count sold 117.2 million units, but that was released in 2013. Here, we are 2.5 years into the PS5's lifespan, and the first two years were marked by extreme shortages, the only reason it was pacing behind the PS5 for a while. What's wild is that there was no blockbuster PS5 release during Q1 that would even be considered, quote, system selling, end quote, to some sort of increased degree. God of War Ragnarok was released in November 2022, and Final Fantasy 16 isn't until June. Hogwarts Legacy was the biggest game released during this period, 
but it was not a PS5 exclusive. It also launched on Xbox Series X and PC. And how about PS5's rivals? The Nintendo Switch, which may be hard to even call a direct rival these days, has 122.55 million sales since 2017, but those are starting to flag a bit and calls for new hardware grow louder. Xbox, as ever, no longer releases specific console sales figures. While they posted solid overall gaming revenue recently, they revealed that hardware sales were down 30%, the opposite of what's happening with Sony. Initially, it seems like Xbox Series XS were performing somewhat better than Xbox One, which was outsold by the PS4 by around a 2 to 1 ratio. Now that PS5 supply is drastically picking up, as are sales, that may no longer be the case. It seems likely that PS5 may go on to have a bigger generation than PS4 when all is said and done, where that system is already the 5th best selling console of all time. And this is before we know about additional hardware plans, whether that be a PS5 Slim or a PS5 Pro, and before we get a whole slew of upcoming PS5 exclusive titles from the likes of Naughty Dog, Insomniac, and Sucker Punch. It's going to be a pretty wild generation. Johnny, thoughts about PS5 having one of the having the most successful Q1 first quarter of any console ever? No man, I'm just happy for them. That's my preferred console, so it's uh, thriving. It is thriving. I'm yeah. about that. I I had no idea they've already sold 38 million PS5. I actually thought it was lower than that, so I'm surprised it's that many. I because I still feel like there's no need or plans to like lower the PS5 sales price, and having that many sales that seems kind of like the point where like. Is that not the peak? Like, have we not reached the point where, like, it starts to, like, fall off? Like, how Xbox kind of has? And if you remember last year, Xbox Series S was actually on sale. It was, like, I think $50 cheaper than normally was during the Black Friday period. So, seeing how PS5 has, like, is this the peak? Or are we still not even at the peak of sales, you think? Do you think? We're about two and a half years into the console generation. Do you think... This is like, it's going to start slowing down from here on out? Or like, are we going to continue to see it climb ever more? We should have looked at the projections. I think one of the projections was like 25,000. Uh, I mean, 25 mil by within 23 or 24. That they were going to sell that many units. But Oh, in that year, you mean? Yeah, oh, within okay. that year. Oh, okay, okay. Is that what you mean, though? Like, it's just going to flatline Do you and think- begin to go down? Like. Yeah, do you think like this is like kind of it's going to no, plateau like like it's going to be that way in Q2 also or it's going to start going down do you think after Q1? Like are is it going to level out a bit you think? Well, I don't know. I I just I'm just thinking about this now but there's a they're projecting to beat the PS2 which has like insane Ooh, sales. I think it's like, like the second or the first highest. Is it 210 somewhere around there? Yeah, yeah, you're right. PS2 I think is the highest selling console of all time, yeah. Followed yeah. by the NES I think or the Wii somewhere around there. Yeah, so yeah. they're really trying to beat that number. I just don't know where that plateau for the PS2 was. I don't think I ever I don't think, I don't think we'll see the PS2 be surpassed by anybody this generation. I don't think so. You have to remember the PS2 was like the perfect storm where it played PS1 games. It was a DVD player when people didn't have DVD players because that was the newest thing. It could play music. It did like all these things that no one else at that point was doing. And then you have to remember the PS2 generation was pretty long. I think they stopped making PS2 games like eight years after it came out. 
because I was still buying new PS2 games in 2008. So I don't know if it has that much to do with it because the PS5 they can just like change their game plan and sell it for longer, right? Mm-hmm. I think it just really depends on what the economy is going to do. Because today there's way more gamers, there are more gamers than ever, right? Right, just just pure flat numbers, yeah. Yeah, so it would just make more sense that these newer consoles are going to sell more. Relative to the old stuff. But also the economy, I think, right now is a little weaker than it was back in That's 2000. what I'm saying. Yeah. I think... That's another factor. I think right now it's a disaster. So, And if we do end up going into like this heavy recession, that's going to take fucking years. And by that time, there's going to be a new console. This is interesting because if you remember last year, we learned about how... Not here in the U.S., fortunately, but like overseas in Europe and Asia, like the PS5 was getting a price increase to match the inflation, like what's going on worldwide. Where like, I think was it going up like fifty dollars? I think right. I and haven't read that. You remember we talked about this last year? How like, like you're good in North America, like the PS5 is going to be the same price, but overseas in Europe it was going up fifty euros. In Asia, it's going up fifty, whatever the equivalent is. Maybe we maybe, talked about it last year. I don't recall, but maybe that also had to do with. There just weren't any consoles out there. So the people are just going to pay whatever for it, right? Because it's difficult to get one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, I guess. But that was like a big, that was like a whole topic we talked about last year where uh, they were doing, and then the same thing too with the Oculus. Remember we talked about how Oculus was going up $100 or whatever because he because of the, it was a, shoot, Quest 2? Oculus Quest 2? Which one was, I'm trying to remember, but like people were pissed off because like, if you, it was like a year old already. People were like, "Oh, it's going up in value." It's actually we're gonna charge, we're gonna start charging a hundred dollars more for the hardware like next year or something like that. And it was like one of those things where like, how are you gonna charge a hundred dollars more for technology that's getting older? Wait, but what was the rationale? Inflation, inflation, pretty much inflation. A hundred bucks more? Yes, we talked about this last year. That <laughs> we start. This is like around November or December of last year when like the boot fell down, like inflation wise. I mean, if we do talk about it, I don't think... Actually, I, was... I think it was in the summer. It was after the Ukraine stuff, I remember, because that was, like, one of the things that was, like, supposedly linked to the inflation. Yeah, 100 bucks more. That doesn't... That was for the that. Oculus. That was for the Oculus. All right. But for PS5, over... Remember? Because we talked about how Microsoft bragged that the Xbox wasn't going to get a... Well, maybe remember, that was... like, like, oh, there's no plans to, lo- to like, increase the price of the hardware for the Xbox. Remember they bragged about that because PlayStation and Nintendo were both doing that? So, they put it on inflation... Maybe it also had to do with the uh, supply chain. I think well, the, and the that chips. stayed the same. I think actually that got better as the pandemic kind of went off. Specifically for the Oculus, for both, okay. for everything technology-wise, I think that's. I think we're now back to normal ship, um, uh, uh, microchip like amounts or whatever it's yeah. supposed to be. But no, we were talking about how last year after the Ukraine stuff, after like the embargoes and all that stuff started like trickling down to like inflation, that Oculus VR, you know, Meta. Or was it? Oh, you know, it was the Facebook one. I think it was an Oculus. Was it? I can't remember. One of the big VR companies said they were going to start charging hundred dollars more for their hardware because of the inflation thing going on. And then PS Five, Sony said outside of North America, they were increasing PS Five hardware prices by like fifty dollars or whatever the equivalent was because of the whole thing. So I guess you forgot already, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't see the PS5 ever getting to PS2 levels. You would have to, let's see, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do the math right now. PS2, we're gonna say the market, PS2 was on the market, we're gonna say for about eight years, we're gonna say, right? At least peak, right? Peak, app, cause I think they officially stopped making PS2s like in 2011 or something. 
But we're going to say like peak hours or peak years is 2000, 2008, right? So that's eight years. PS5 is 2.5 years in at 38 million units, right? PS2 is at 200 something million units, right? So to get, to get there, the PS5 would have to have like a 10 year or more or 11 year life cycle. And I'm pretty sure it's going to get cut off before 11 years. Yeah, I think the life cycle of the PS5. And that's hard. assuming it the sales held steady for all 10 of those years, which it probably will drop. I don't drop. think it's going to yeah. be steady for any console. Yeah, so I don't see it reaching PS2 sales. Could it surpass PS4? I think it will surpass PS4 by the end of the generation. I think it will. But not by a huge margin. Not a huge margin. I'm guessing probably 10 more, ten million more units, I'm thinking. That's just my kind of Monday quarterbacking kind of just guess. Uh, gamer guy. That's yeah, that's my gut. So um good for Sony, good for PlayStation. Uh obviously we we you and I both lean heavily towards PlayStation and uh it's kind of funny. I like how the article mentions like there's still like no killer like PS5 exclusives. Like how is it doing that when like the top games on PS5 you can pretty much play either on other consoles or even consoles from last generation. Hogwarts Legacy you can't play on PS4 cuz it's not on last gen. There's no killer PlayStation games on PS5 expe- exclusively. Oh, like God yeah, of War yeah, Ragnarok, yeah. you can play on PS4. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a PS5 exclusive, but that was like two years ago. So. I mean the the fucking heavy one that's gonna come out this year is gonna be Spider Man Two. Oh, I was gonna say Final Fantasy Sixteen, but that's also true. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy Sixteen next month, Johnny. Next month. Two fucking juggernauts. I'm so excited. But it's is a uh, fifteen. 16. 16. Is that exclusive? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a current... I believe it's a current-gen PS5 exclusive. It, I think... Hold on. It might be on PC. I could be wrong about it. I think it might be on PC. But, like, console-wise, home console, like, on the couch, it's PS5 exclusive. Not even on PS4, I think. So, that's exciting. That's very exciting. That's next month, Johnny. Woo! I can't wait for that game to drop. And then we get Street Fighter Six next month. We get Diablo Four next month. It's fucking wild. You get some crazy games next month. So, anyways, uh, that was that's an interesting article. I thought that's it's funny how they said like no major PS5 exclusives came out in that Q1 period, and yet it's still like I, I think that kind of just tells you how much the demand was suppressed by the lack of sh- of units, and then, like now that you can just walk into any store and get a PS5, like people are actually just buying them off the shelves. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Good for them. Good for them. All right, let's keep it going. Next story. Uh, this one you probably have a little bit more authority on. Uh, this one comes from Collider, written by Aiden Kelly. It says, Twisted Metal, cast trailer release date, and everything we know so far about the latest PlayStation adaptation. It's abundantly clear that video game movies and shows have finally found the power-up they've been looking That's a silly word. They've been looking for after so many years. Gone are the days of bizarre and unfaithful adaptations like the 1993 Super Mario Brothers film and the ill-conceived Halo series. <laughs> I haven't watched Halo, but didn't they say like Master Chief gets like naked or like whatever? He's like always off without his helmet or something. Oh, that part when they took off his helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that show was horrendous. I haven't seen it. I don't really play Halo, so that doesn't mean anything. But I heard, I heard it's not faithful at all. So, so now gamers and studio executives have plenty of reason to celebrate. With the Super Mario Brothers movie making over a billion dollars at the box office. Johnny, have you seen Super Mario Brothers? No. It's, it's pretty good. I recommend watching it. And HBO's The Last of Us being a smash hit critical darling. 
It's more than likely that recent success in the genre has led to projects that were once in development hell getting a miraculous revival, such as the case with the upcoming Gears of War film finally getting momentum. Video game adaptations for film and television are pretty hot right now. Still, things are about to get set ablaze with the release of the long-awaited chaotic video game adaptation, Twisted Metal. Whispers of a live-action adaptation of Sony and PlayStation's cult classic video game series Twisted Metal have been circulating for years. Admittedly, out of all the franchises to pick for a movie show, Twisted Metal is one of the more unusual cases given that the games aren't exactly known for their gripping storylines. The games keep things simple and to that point, allowing players to blow up everything in their path using vehicles straight out of a Mad Max film. That's essentially the gist of what the games entail, and frankly, fans of the games wouldn't have it any other way. That being said, with the show already boasting an impressive cast and crew, the Twisted Metal series is already looking like a wild ride. To learn more about the high-octane action shows, cast trailer, release date, and more, here is everything we know so far about Twisted Metal. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but... um. You got Anthony Mackie in there, right? It says, those who wish to see Anthony Mackie get into a deadly drag race with a killer clown will need a subscription to Peacock, as that will be the exclusive streaming home of Twisted Metal. I'm probably not going to watch it because I don't have Peacock and I don't intend on getting Peacock. Sony and PlayStation's lack of an alliance with a single streaming platform have served the companies well, as they've been able to diversify where the release where they release adaptations of their work to great success. HBO proved to be the perfect place to bring The Last of Us to life. Sony and PlayStation are also collaborating with Amazon for a God of War series. With Twisted Metal coming to Peacock, this marks the third streaming platform to open its doors to a PlayStation adaptation looking for a home. And we're just going to hit there. Johnny. So you see the trailer. I've seen the trailer. What are your thoughts? Okay, the first thing, Peacock. Who is subscribed to Peacock? I don't think anybody cares about that. Well, some people do. Some people. I don't know those people, but some people do. Is our cousin Joe subscribed to Peacock? Did he say? He said he subscribed to everything. Okay. All right. So, yes. Um, so, Peacock, I feel like it's a dead on arrival because of that. You think so? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't make... Like, the article makes a good point. Like, The Last of Us is tailor-made for HBO because it's a serious, like, drama, right? Like, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I can't imagine Twisted Metal, especially it being billed as a comedy showing up on HBO... Because that doesn't make sense to me. It's not that well, kind of thing. Maybe it wouldn't have been a comedy on HBO. Maybe on Hulu. Maybe on Hulu would have been better. That makes something, sense. something more accessible. Or even Netflix. But, yeah. But think, maybe the deals just aren't there. Maybe. I think Netflix would have been a good match. So what do you think about... Uh, is Anthony Maggie playing an original character? Or is he playing somebody who's known in this series? In the I game? don't think he is. Um, actually, yeah. I mean, I think he's playing an original character. Uh, the only other, other character you seen the... Um, in the teaser is a uh, sweet tooth. As far as Mackie goes, who's being voiced by uh, do you know Will Arnett? Uh, familiar. He's uh he he does the voice for Lego Batman. He has like that's gr- he has like this gruff voice like this kind of. He's in, he does a lot of comedies. He's in Blades of Glory. He's in Arrested Development. If you see his face, you'll know who Will Arnett is. Probably. Uh, as far as Anthony Mackie go- Mackie goes, I like him. But the more work I see from him, the less I'm interested in his next project. Okay. Um, we could talk about his uh, Falcon. His other roles. Falcon was like, okay, whatever. Uh, I like Altered Carbon, which is on Netflix. That's right. I was like, what's that science fi- sci-fi? Yeah, yeah. I really recommend that show. Mm-hmm. But then Anthony Mackie took over for the second season, and it was so fucking boring. Wait. 
He's not in the first season? No. Oh. Who's in the first season? Who does he... Is, it, is he playing a, a different character or the same character that got replaced? Uh, it's it's part of the story. Okay. So, alter, Altered Carbon, we're going on a tangent. Altered Carbon, you have a stack, right? The stack is a little disc, and you place it in your spinal cord. So, if something happens to you, your body, they call the body a sleeve. And as long as your stack is safe, then you're good because all your like memory, all that stuff is in your stack. So you can be in a car crash, a fire, whatever. As long as the stack is good, you can take that stack and and purchase a human. So he, so basically, he gets a new body, but he's playing the same character. Yeah. That's, okay. That's just, where I was. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's how I feel about it. I, I'm not sure. So how in the trailer, we see it's, like it's he gets into like some kind of red sports car. It's not a sports car. I mean, it's a muscle car. But it's a red car. And there's, like, he has like, his weapon. He has, like, he kind of, like, I don't know, he does, like, this goofy thing where he kind of, like, looks at the camera directly and smiles and smirks kind of thing, like, which tells you this isn't, like, a drama. It's, like, meant to be kind of, like, an action comedy thriller or whatever. And then, like, he starts driving and he has, like, guns on the sides of his car, right? I think they're, I don't think they're on the top. They're on the sides, I think. And he's just, like, shooting randomly, it looks like. And it's because it's a teaser. It's not a full trailer. It's, like, a very short teaser. And then we see, we hear the... The ice cream music, the camera pans around to the back of an ice cream truck. We see, I don't think we get a full look at him, but we see Sweet Tooth, basically. He looks great, by the way. Sweet Tooth looks amazing. Yeah, he looks accurate. He looks accurate. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, I forget, he mumbles something to himself, and then, like, that's it. That's really the entire trailer. Um, real quick, on the topic of cars in video games getting adaptations, did you watch the Gran Turismo trailer that I sent you? Yeah, I thought it was okay. It looks good. It, it's surprising. It looks better than what I thought it would be, like premise wise. Like, I don't because really... I was like, how do you translate the st- Grand? The- I mean, Gran Turismo into a game? It's like, oh, you don't do it directly. You do it based off a true story involving the game. I don't really like what's his name, Harbor. David Harbor. Yeah, I don't really like Harbor. Really? Yeah. I the... like him as I've only I haven't seen all of uh, Stranger Things, but I like him his character in Stranger Things. No, uh, that whole older cast in Stranger Things just fucking bores me. You don't like, what's her name? You don't like Winona Ryder? I liked her for the first couple seasons. I love Winona Ryder. But after a while, when they split, have you caught up in the whole thing? No, part of that is just like, I, have, I just have a crush on Winona Ryder. Yeah, in the, in the very last season, they, they split them up, the, the adults versus the kids. Oh, I've heard about this. And yeah, I, yeah. it completely skipped everything that had to do with the adults. But you're, what, okay, so you're saying David Harbour's portrayal is not good at that point? Or he does a bad job as Hopper or whatever. No, no, no. I, I just, uh, I just like grew out of it or something. I don't know. It was, it was boring. So he got worse then. No, I wouldn't say he got worse. I just less interesting. Him in the, yeah, I, I guess less interesting. Yeah. Okay. As far as the Gran Turismo stuff, the parts I saw, I was like, okay, cool. It, it works. I don't know anything about cars. Really, I mean, I kind of. But he's a not. Bit. He's not somebody that's gonna bring me in. Well, he's not to meant to be the main character, right? He's kind of. No, he's not. He's kind of be like the, he's like the drill sergeant kind of, you're going to win him over kind of character, I think. That's what he comes off as. Yeah, but I feel like he's going to be a big part. You know, he's, he's going to sure. be the person that's like always behind you telling him. Orlando Bloom's in the movie, which I didn't realize until I watched the trailer like a third time. I'm like, oh, I'm like, wait, that's Orlando Bloom. That's that's Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean. He's yeah. like the guy who, rec- who, rec- who starts or recruits them for like the program or whatever. The guy who's like a... He's playing next to Harbor. He's like the, you know, the guy with the curly hair, the other adult. I don't know. The one who tell like, Harbor, like, uh, Harp. Yeah. He's like grilling. He's like, he's like, you want to pull in these guys who play like video games to do this program? He's like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I just don't know the guy. Oh, okay. 
It looks interesting. It looks. I don't know that much about cars, but the cars look sick. Like okay, there's some beautiful okay, looking okay. cars there. Yeah, the story. Okay, first the story. The story doesn't based really, on a true story. Based on a true story. Yeah, but it's like a story I've already seen. So I'm like, oh man. Yeah, it's very one, it's I'm very like, rocky esque. Okay. It's very rocky. No, no, no. But I already knew about the story. Oh, gotcha. I was like, oh yeah, I knew there was people that you know were playing games the, and they became real racers. The Academy, yeah, Grand. Yeah. yeah. So I mean the Rocky story though that type of the scenario underdog I love too. that type of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't know if I'm gonna get that feeling in this in this uh, film. As far as the cars, they look fucking dope. Yeah, that's what I'm there for. I think it's like a gold look. Did you see it's like a golden one in the trailer? It's like a like one of the one of the drivers he has a conflict with. You can tell from the trailer like he's gonna be like probably the main antagonist or something. He has like a golden car. Where it's just no, like it's like gold shit. chrome. I should have seen it. Like it's like gold times. chrome. It looks sick. It looks sick. I don't know. I th- I th- They're like very wide, low body, low center cars, like low gravity, low center gravity cars. I thought it was gonna be like for some reason I think of Gran Turismo, I think of F one, but that's not true. Gran Turismo is very much like rally. It's not F one at all. It's much more like the the There's European. Some F1s in, there. in the trailer? No, I didn't see any in the trailer. Oh, it's just Gran Turismo. Though. Oh, okay. But I like how like we get that image imagery where he's like we're in the trailer he talks about like he's like oh I know this track like I've raced on this track like thousands of times and, that's like, actually cool that's dope like that's cool like, he like even though he's not a traditional real life racer like he had like that game knowledge does pay off I thought like sort of he might be familiar with the track but that doesn't mean he knows how to take the curve in real life true that's what it, that's one of the lines in the because, movie. But, or in the trailer where the guy says, like, uh, Harbor's character says, like, oh, like, you miss a shot, like, in a game, then you just start over. You just restart. Like, you miss a shot in real life. Like, you could, like, you could crash and that could be the end of it. But they they do address that in the film because they're talking about G-forces that you don't experience as a gamer. Yeah, that's know? why they do, they're doing the conditioning thing where they're running and yeah. doing stuff in the gym and stuff to, like, condition their bodies. And then all the preparedness of, like, what if your car catches on fire? And, uh-huh. You gotta wear your suit. You gotta hydrate. He says it's like 140 degrees in in the car when you're driving or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I guess I don't know heat. There's bad heat dissipation. I don't know what it is, but it's very hot in the car and like stuff you don't get from being on the couch, basically. Yeah. So it looks cool. It actually looks more interesting than I thought it'd be because I'm like a Gran Turismo movie. Like that sounds dumb. As long as there's more cars and less talking, I'm I'm good with it. So it's mm-hmm. nice. Okay. Sorry, I was looking. <laughs> My girlfriend just sent me a text of what questions I should ask tomorrow when I go look uh, at the venue, at one of the venues. Sorry. Okay. Uh, next story, real quick. Last one, actually. It says, uh, this one comes from VGC. This was probably going to be the biggest one we talk about uh, from VideoGamesChronicle.com. It says, just making great games won't change Xbox console market share, says Spencer. That's, uh, of course, Phil Spencer over at uh, Microsoft. Uh, article written by Tom Ivan. It says, while claiming the console is the core of the Xbox brand, Microsoft's head of gaming has reiterated the company needs to focus on the wider gaming market if it's to be successful. During the Kind of Funny Games X-Cast podcast, Spencer was asked if Xbox has taken its eyes off the console market by focusing too much on PC. In response, Spencer said Microsoft would be wrong to think that just building great console titles could help it overtake Sony and Nintendo in terms of hardware sales. Instead, it has chosen to pursue a different strategy to the Japanese companies, one focused on fulfilling developers' visions of enabling customers to play their games on any screen. Quote, We're not in the business of out-consoling Sony or out-consoling Nintendo, 
end quote, Spencer said. Quote, there isn't really a great solution or win for us, and I know that will upset a ton of people. But it's just the truth of the matter that when you're third place in the console marketplace and the top two players are as strong as they are and have, in certain cases, a very, very discreet focus on doing deals and other things that kind of make being Xbox hard for us as a team, and that's on us, not on anybody else. He added, I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games and all of a sudden you're going to see console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation. So that's, you know, PS4, last last generation, where everybody built their digital library of games. So when you go and you're building on Xbox, we want our Xbox community to feel awesome. But this idea that if we just focused more on great games on our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race... I think doesn't really lay into the reality of most people. End quote. Spencer claimed that 90% of the people who buy a console every year already own a PlayStation, a Nintendo, or an Xbox console, and their digital game library lives on in that ecosystem. Quote, This is the first generation where the big games that they're playing were games that were available last gen. When you think about Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft, the continuity from generation to generation is so strong. I see a lot of pundits out there that kind of want to go back to the time where we all had cartridges and discs and every new generation was a clean slate and you could switch the whole console share. That's just not the world that we are in today. There is no world where Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5. That's not going to happen. End quote. Last November, Spencer told the Verge's Decoder podcast that Xbox would struggle to continue as a, as a global business if the company remained quote, irrelevant, end quote, in mobile. Quote, the smallest screen that we play on is actually the biggest screen when you think about the installed base in phone. He said, that's just a place where if we don't gain relevancy as a gaming brand, we're not alone in seeing this. Over time, the business will become kind of untenable for any of us. If we're not able to find customers on phones, on any screen that someone wants to play on, you really are going to get segmented to a niche part of a gaming Part of gaming that running a global business will become very challenging. He added, As a percent of the overall gaming business, the console business is shrinking. Because the overall business is growing and console stays relatively flat as a business, same thing with PC. End quote. Spencer told Kinda Funny that developers want their games to be playable on as many devices as possible. Quote, We have this unique vision because we see what creators want to do. Creators want to build games that can meet players on any screen. People play with their friends regardless of what other screen they're on. And the console is the core of the Xbox brand. There's no doubt. So we will stay focused on making sure that console experience is awesome. But I know some people want to hold us up as just being a better green version of what the blue guys do. And I'm just going to say there's not a win for Xbox and staying in the wake of somebody else. We have to go off and do our own thing. With Game Pass. With the stuff we do with xCloud. And the way we build our games. Uh, end quote. Elsewhere in the interview, Spencer apologized for the launch state of Xbox's latest big first-party release, Redfall, which he said he expected to review better. And while he admitted the company failed to deliver on what it presented during last year's Xbox showcase, Spencer said he was very enthusiastic about this June's showcase event and Microsoft's upcoming games. And that's the end of the article. So there's a lot to uh, dissect here, Johnny. Um... 
Do you want me? Do you want me to ask you a question, or you want to just just fly off the handle? First? Okay. So the main takeaway from this is Phil Spencer saying, "Incredible games don't sell consoles." He's saying not anymore. He's saying what he's saying is that because you do see, if you look at Twitter, or look on any social media platform, people just say like, "Just make games." Like, just make games. And we we've said that you and I have both said that in the past. Like, just make games, and people will come. But I I get what he's saying now, where people I think. That would have been true back on the PS1, on the PS2, maybe PS3. But I think there is some truth to what he says about how if you're someone who's been around the block, unless you're like a new, like you're a kid just growing up right now, and like you don't have an install, like if you don't have your roots already in the ecosystem, that's the best way I can think of it as like, as like a plant. Your roots in terms of like you have your back catalog from like last gen, like I do, like I have digital games on my PSN account from last gen. Even from ps3 even though i can't play those but they're tied to my account on ps3 even though ps4 doesn't play them like i get what he's saying because you have your identity you have your gamer tag your psn profile your nintendo id you're not likely to budge if you're already entrenched in that ecosystem and so what he's saying is like like starfield could be a like more than a 10 out of 10 like he said 11 out of 10 which you know it's hyperbole he says, but that doesn't mean that, like, oh, shoot, like, I'm gonna, I want to, I need to go play Starfield. Let me go sell my PlayStation. He's like, no. He's like, what you're going to do is you're going to adopt, like, Game Pass or whatever in terms of, like, 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 I have, like, I don't have an Xbox, but I play in the community with PC. I could even play it on my phone if I had the battery life for my phone everywhere, like, wherever I took my phone. Like, because I have, a, I have a, a Bluetooth controller that works with Game Pass on mobile on my phone. So he's saying that. It's not enough to just do what the other guys are doing with great games. Like we need to find our niche elsewhere if we want to thrive. And he's like making putting our games on as many screens, right? Small or big, is what's gonna help us survive and thrive with Game Pass. We're like it's not just about locking in a customer with hardware. Like we have to diversify. We need to like look towards the next thing with the X Cloud stuff with all that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense, but they keep saying that they're not competing and at the same time they're saying like we can't compete so we have to find a different way to make revenue if you remember about was it two years ago they said like our our competition is not playstation or nintendo it's like people like google it's people like netflix they said like stadia anything has to do with streaming really yeah the main guys yeah yeah but I mean, they're, they're just kind of admitting that they fucking lost. Yeah. They've lost the console war. So they got to find much. something else. Exactly. Yeah. But then they're all. He's very honest. He's very. Um, it's a very honest, like, interview they have. Yeah. He's he's not trying to, like, spit it. First of all, he's not PR. That's not his job to kind of make things look good. But at the same time, he's saying, like, hey, we're not going to give you fucking, like, God tier games. We're going to kind of. No, he's you- saying that that's not enough. Because Starfield, like he said, Starfield could be the game that's, like, amazing which i expect it will be amazing nah. he's saying like that's not going to be enough to all of a sudden propel us it's not going to be enough to sell uh people the xbox console if you don't already if you're not already in that ecosystem yes yeah but why is like playstation giving us like amazing fucking games like why are they trying as hard as they are trying like there's policies that PlayStation does, but I'm like, holy shit! They got fucking Spider-Man, they got Wolverine, they got The Last of Us, they got Uncharted, they got God of War, like they got Gran Turismo, like the shit goes on and on. Ratchet and Clank, like they're dropping fucking bombs constantly, mm-hmm. and it's like, why are they trying so fucking hard if there was if this wasn't a competition where they could just give us some like mid-grade shit? 
And and people would be like, well, I already got my catalog. I'm just going to stay here with this mid-grade bullshit. Well, think of how much we do get mid-grade stuff on PS, but we don't really talk we about do. it. Like Sackboy's Little Adventure. No, we like, do. Who cares but if- we get God-tier God shit, too. Sure. We get everything in between. Yeah. And then Xbox is like, you get like the third-party stuff, and then you get like, what is that game? Uh, un- uh, I don't even know what the fuck- fucking game is called. Describe it. It's like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game. Oh, Grounded. Grounded, yeah. Yeah. Obsidian. Like, that was something they like really promoted, and it's like, come on, like this is mid-tier. And all well, the- people, well, I haven't played it, but people who play Grounded say it's really great. I haven't played it. Relative to what? Mm, they don't usually compare it to other stuff. They just say it's a really great game. But is it a console seller? No, of course not. That's exactly well, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, like because it's on PC and it's like other stuff, like you don't need it. You don't need the console to play those games. You can play on PC and Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. I've seen it before. Well, you sent me the pod, right? I, I had already seen a bunch of clips, and you sent me the pod, and you're like, this this sounds really defeatist. What gave you that impression exactly? Oh, because he's kind of just like very... Uh, he talks about how he, like the, the first... Like within the first minute, like um, uh, Snowbike Mike, that's the main guy who's talking... Like the guy on Cunny, the kind of funny who's talking about the most time to him, Phil Spencer. He's like, oh, Phil, like, how are you doing? And then he's like, ugh, like... I know he's going through it. And he's like, okay, he's setting the tone for like, he knows like they messed up. He knows it's not going to be like an easy interview for him. So I just, that kind of set the tone, but he's talking about like, oh, like Redfall or whatever, like, uh, that's the name of the game, right? I forgot Redfall. Yeah. He talks Mm -hmm. about how like, oh, we did mock reviews, which is like where you get professional reviewers to come in and check the game and kind of give you an idea of where it's going to score like in a couple of months. And he said, that the actual reviews, like the Metacritic and everything, are double digits lower than what the mock review suggested. And he says, like, every game we do gets mock reviewed beforehand. And if we feel like it's not going to be up to snuff, then we decide to work on it and delay it a little bit further. There's no way, though, you had, like, YouTubers and all these professional gamers. And it's I two, don't know if they're YouTubers. Two digits though. below? Yeah. It's pretty lower. fucking nuts. So I'm guessing, what, it was, like, high 70s instead of... Low 60s, like it is? I've seen the reviews, yeah. They're going 60s, 50s, yeah. So he, so was he expecting the high 70s then? Which is still isn't all that great, but, like, more reasonable, maybe? I don't know. He does talk about, like, how risky it is to try a new IP because people want you to do the same thing over and over that you know is going to do well. But he talks about... Or I think one of the other interview hosts talks about how, like, you guys tried something new, it didn't work, but, hey, like, you need to have, like, these failures just to kind of, like... Just to show that you are trying stuff and you're not just doing like whatever makes the most money. Like you're not just doing more gears, more Halo. Like you guys, because people do criticize it for just being the gears Halo Forza machine. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they need to do other stuff as well. But then like when you do other stuff, like you get results like this and it's kind of discouraging. So, well, what games from Xbox have you tried that it's like a totally new IP? Like a crazy badass new IP in, let's say, the last 10 years? Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, what was the one that came out last We're year? We're talking that I console sellers. No, Johnny, it's not console sellers. It's not. Horizon, for me, is a fucking console seller. Forza Horizons? A, no, no. Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh. And that's a brand new fucking IP right there. Yeah, that came out like almost 10. No, that's like 2017. Yeah. So that was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. they made an attempt with a. Well, that was cool. Well, yeah, nice. but they've only gone in creative, like really creative since like the. The Bethesda acquisition, because Redfall is from Arcane, and Arcane is part of the when they acquired ID, like all the Doom and all that stuff. That's part of that. 
right? So, and also like my extension part of like Bethesda and all that stuff, right? So they've only really tried to get creative with since what the last four years, three, four years, maybe if I'm doing the math correct in my head, three, four years was when they acquired Bethesda, right? So they've only had like the capital, the, I mean, they had the resources before, but I guess they just never really felt the need because they were like multiplayer, online multiplayer was their niche, right? Like that's the thing they did really well was online multiplayer and everything. From shooters to racing, right? Yeah, but okay, let's say they didn't come up with new stuff. They had fucking the rare properties, which they're Again, barely. Where is Banjo? Well, they're doing why, perfect dark. Why isn't Killer Instinct competing with with Mortal Kombat? I perfect dark. I don't We've know. seen nothing except this like little teaser, and they ha- they did ca- they just, did call him out on that, and it's interview. like just started development. And it's like what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, this started development, this game is, is going to take six, seven years to complete, right? Maybe five I years. I don't know. Probably like five or four. It depends. Probably five. I think and they were five. calling it a quadruple A game. Was that that one? The Perfect Dark game? Uh, that was one of the games they called quadruple. I don't know what that means. but okay. So if it's quadruple, like, fuck, how much longer is it going to take to... Does that does each A refer to, like, resources or anything? I don't know. Maybe budget. Yeah. Resources, budget. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Online stuff. I'm actually hearing a lot of uh, Xbox people saying, like, I'm f- I'm done, right? Like, every couple months, I keep hearing, like, oh, I'm done with Xbox. Or I tried selling my Xbox and nobody wants to purchase it. I'm going to go buy a PS5. Really? I- I'm actually okay. hearing that more often, like, in the last six months that I than I have ever before. Like, people are really getting fed up now. Mm-hmm. And Phil, with his comments, is kind of saying, like, it's just not worth the squeeze to get these new new uh, players. Like, the people that are in, in their 20s, because, like, my brother, he used to love fucking PlayStation, right? Used to. There yeah. was some point where he's like, oh, I'm not playing video games right now. Mm-hmm. And then when he decided to play games, uh, it was because he saw Gears of War. The social interaction, really. Because PlayStation wasn't quite there yet with PS3. He went to 360 because of the online multiplayer. And, like, I know this because we've talked, actually talked about this with him, like, a few days ago. We were texting. Mm-hmm. He said about, like, how, because he said he wanted to come on the show to, like, talk about Gears and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, we could do that. We could definitely do that. And I was like, I, I, was like, I, was, I told him, let me play Gears so I can be informed. And he said, oh, like, I'm not even talking about the campaign. He said the story's, like, whatever. He's like, I'm talking about the multiplayer, like, the mm-hmm. online. He's like, that was, like, my favorite thing back then. So I know he's coming at it from, like, because looking back to 2005, 2006, when 360 came out, like 360 hit with Xbox Live, like hit the ground running. PS3 lagged on the social aspects of multiplayer and like building like this ecosystem. Like it took them about four years to catch up. So I know he switched because his friends were the ones who got him to play Gears. And that kind of is what got him into that ecosystem to begin with. Yeah, but that's an example of having a AAA game that did change his mind. Yes. About getting a different console. Sure. There's plenty of those people out there. Mm-hmm. And then also... But uh, also back then, mm-hmm. he didn't have an online library that he carried with him, right? Which is kind of like what Phil is talking about here. Where like That's true too. There was like, now you're carrying... like I Okay, it's kind of like for me how trophies... I, we talked about this before. Games that come out on Switch and on PS4, I would almost always buy the PS4 version because even though the Switch version is mobile, I have my trophies and everything attached to my PSN account on the PlayStation side. Mm-hmm. If I have to choose between eight, that's why I bought the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, or the Final Fantasy games that just came out again. I bought them on PS4 because I have trophies there. 
The Switch version doesn't have trophies. It has achievements, kind of, but they're locked to the in-game. They're not... You can't, like, show them off across your entire Nintendo ID, like, account. So I'm saying, right? Okay. It's, like, it's very insu- insular. Insular? Is that what we're looking for? Insular? Like, it's locked. It's isolated. Whereas on PlayStation, I get those trophies for those games, and they get added to my cumulative trophy hoard, or whatever you want to call it, my account. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's something that's carried over, because I've had that PSN account since, the P- since 2006. I've had that account for 17 years, Johnny. So all my trophies, I can go scroll down the trophies to like the first time I got it, which was Super Stardust HD in 2007 or 2008, I think. So like I am locked into that ecosystem. Like I'm playing Game Pass and stuff on Xbox, but any game that comes out, like I'm, le- I'm only, I'm pretty much playing it on, P- on the on the PlayStation side of things, right? But if Sony, what? Okay, go ahead. So that doesn't, that did not exist back in the 2000s really until 360 came out and then people were like, I'm staying in the Xbox, you know, here comes the Xbox one and the PS4 and like, you're right. Although PS4 did do better last gen, there was a lot of people who like, didn't make the switch. Cause they're like, no, like I got my stuff here still locked in. Like, this is where my legacy is with like achievements and my friends list, all that stuff, all that social stuff that carries over that you lose by switching. Like that stuff holds you back. I think. Not in a bad way, but I'm just saying that's just the truth of it. Like, you're locked into that ecosystem. That didn't exist before 360. Like, there's nothing from PS2 that carries over. There's nothing from Xbox, the old fat Xbox that carries over. There's nothing from GameCube that carries over, right? So, like, creating these personal IDs, these this history, this shared history you have, like, you're he's right. You're kind of just locked in. You're not going to just jump ship and abandon everything you know just because, oh, this game's getting great reviews. I agree with all of that, but not everybody is like a trophy guy. Sure. Okay. So yeah. So okay. like, there's a massive amount of people who are like, I don't give a shit. A lot of people just fucking hate trophies. They just want a game. That's true. You're right. And how long can you go with a console not dropping massive games? Like, can you go four years where they're like, if Fuck, we only got one big, one two big ass games. And then all the other game, all the other consoles getting like all these dope games. Plus, they're getting the third party games that I'm getting here. Mm-hmm. So it's like I really want to try those games. Sure. Or maybe there might be a situation like me where I haven't jumped into the next generation, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm looking over the fence, and there's some neat shit. Like if I haven't gotten a PS5, why well, don't I go try that thing out? Right? Mm-hmm. And then there's people that can afford both of those consoles. Yeah. So they're like, or not, if not both consoles, then both ecosystems. Like, yeah. I have Game Pass, but I don't have an Xbox hardware. I just use Game Pass on my PC. I can use it on my phone. I used to play, I used to play uh, Halo Reach on my phone. Actually, I had the controller and everything, but it just drained my battery like crazy. But the, but those are like novelties. The fact that you can play it on your phone is a novelty. I know you don't prefer to play that on your phone, right? So it comes down to the having the console, really. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying that the like they're talking about like accessibility, which is like. You know, getting free to play games in front of you is like better than not getting it in front of you at all, right? So, well, see, that's you. Like, I'm not that type of person. Okay. I need the full fucking experience. I've sure. said this plenty of times. But then, how many of you is there, and how many of me is there? Is like yeah, the whole thing. Which which is the point? Which is I'm... hard. Which is hard to figure out exactly. But you have to imagine there's a lot of people who. Like for example, you are a social you are a social gamer because I know you play Fortnite with a certain group of friends, right? Mm-hmm. So like does that ever happen where like 
they probably they're probably not going to do it but do they ever say oh we should all play this other game together and you're kind of like oh like, i don't know like are like are you gonna say no i don't want to or you're gonna be like oh yeah with my friends like yeah we'll play something else together like because i'm it's the social experience rather than the actual game you're playing like have you guys ever transferred onto another thing for a little while I'm like oh, let's play this other thing for those games turn. aren't out yet there's there's games that we talk about like hey you want to play this or that mm-hmm. or we'll say like i can't wait for this one thing to come out but that thing doesn't come out for years okay so okay. fortnite so, is in in a position where it just doesn't have that so what about when you're playing that like okay. that car game wrecker or whatever you guys were smashing cars did yeah. they play with you or you just no, played that under? game doesn't have a good social experience oh, okay so you just did that solo and that's why you probably already dropped that game right yeah okay okay i just want to know that so, but you do see how you dropped it because there's no great social experience, right? Like that no, wasn't a thing. It's just the game itself. It, it's not. It didn't do you have think? Enough it, do you offer. think if it had better social experience, then you would still be playing that if, you, if your friends no. did go with you? No, you no. think okay. The the game is fun, but it doesn't like I didn't. It doesn't feel intense when I'm playing it. Wrecking Crew was that what it was called or no? Uh, Total Wreck Wreck something Wreck Crew or. Anyways, it was a car where you just it was a game where you destroyed other vehicles with your vehicles. Yeah, you modify, you modify your car, you put different parts, etc., mm-hmm. and you shoot at people. It's like twist the metal. Okay, so get back. So getting back on topic, you're saying that Xbox is making excuses. They're saying that the reason they don't bother making great like system sellers is because it's kind of futile at this point. I don't think it's worth the squeeze for them. That's what I'm trying to say, and what I've been trying to say this whole time. And you've been kind of making my points and like back and forth is that there is space where a gamer would look on the other side of the fence and be like, fuck, I got to go over there. And there's like people where it's like a gamer would decide like an 18 year old would go through college and not game that whole time. Sure. And decide like, you know what, I'm going to try this other console. Right. Like there's just plenty of moments where a gamer could just decide to leave. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm trying to say. But but Xbox doesn't feel like that's worth it. Yeah, he mentions, he says 90% of gamers, 90%, I don't know if it's a real statistic, but that's what he's saying, are not going to buy a console from the opposing or different one because they're already locked in. So so you're saying they should at least do what they can to, to get that 10%, is what you're saying, Johnny. They should at least try to get that 10%. I, I get that. I mean, if you say 90%, it's like, fuck, maybe it really isn't worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. But even then, where are the games at? Yeah. If they decide they're gonna go, we'll find like, out. We'll live find service, out in and they're gonna do Game Pass. All right, cool. But where are the fucking games? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm. I'm trying to get at. We're gonna find out in June, Johnny. He said there's gonna be major updates on a lot of the games that were mentioned. When he said like, oh. like where's Fable? Where's uh, the other one that's uh, the Obsidian supposed to be doing before they got uh, before they bought a uh, which call it obsidian a Bethesda. i'm sorry the one they were supposed to work on remember some fantasy game that's supposed to be like skyrim they just said they're gonna do something bound was that the one something bound the fairy tale game yeah not fable not fable no it's a different one but like yeah where's perfect dark where's all the stuff they're saying they're working on they're like he's like hey there's gonna be some updates on those games next month in june for the showcase okay so we'll see they already said there's gonna be a showcase Phil looks super stressed. I I do feel bad. Like I'm not just trying to rag on the, on the guy. Yeah, I know. I feel like he's really trying. Of course, there's gonna be PR where he's, where you feel like oh, he's kind of lying about this or whatever. But for the most yeah. part, I feel like he really does want the gamers to 
to feel good about Xbox, right? Yeah, he says he's like, I, f- I feel disappointed. He's like, last thing I want to do is let down the Xbox community. Like, we're aware of our shortcomings. Like, we're working on it. We're gonna work on it. And it's like, well, I mean, what else could he really say, right? Other than, you know, even before interviews, I know for a fact they get like, like HR tells you like, this is what you can say. This is what you can't make. PR says like, this is what you are allowed to talk about, and this is what you're not allowed to talk about. And he kind of, you can tell he kind of knows that when he talks about like he said uh He's like, hey, I, like that's all stuff. That exa- I'm in, I'm not in a great mood right now. I know like those are the things you want me to say, like the, the good things, but we're not there yet. Like we'll deal with that next month when we get there. But like he's like, right now I'm just focusing on like the things we can fix right now at the moment. Yeah, I do appreciate him coming out and saying like, this is this is what's up, and he's like just taking the heat for Redfall, right? I do really. He could have dipped that. out because I believe they mentioned that this. This interview was scheduled out like two weeks ago before Redfall even came out. And before the, uh, uh, what was the other thing we just talked about? About the, um, before the, oh shit, what was the thing we were just talking about, Johnny? About this, not Redfall. Oh, because he did talk about the acquisition. I forgot. I'm sorry. He did talk mm-hmm. about the acquisition. And he did mention about like we are going to appeal the CMA. He said like the he's like we he's like there's like 16 governing bodies you have to get approval from. He's like we have nine so far, and the CMA is like one of the ones that's not of the nine. He said we're going to appeal it. So like this this every interview was scheduled before the CMA stuff even came out, like denying them. So like he could have dipped down and be like you know what like this isn't a good time for us, but like he still came on knowing that like those were the things that are going to be weighing heavily on him, and he still address them he didn't beat the bush around him so he's like oh we're gonna appeal the cma he's like we know he's like they're, they're saying that because of our cloud gaming desi- uh, division that we have a monopoly but he's like we don't even have a cloud audience really like at this point like it's still too early so he kind of did kind of come swing a little bit saying like hey like we're gonna push back against this thing we feel is very unfair to us so yeah so what do you think about phil saying like we're not going to change their their artistic direction i'm not really feeling that because you're not filling it i'm not filling it because um <laughs> if he said he had like, oh i know you're talking about the when they like if he's gonna if he's gonna make the game like hey we know this game sells well and just make another one of this right we told arcane like right they're talking about like why they allowed arcane to make redfall when like i thought they're gonna just do another evil within three or whatever right is that probably talking about no like like, they don't want to, like, step on them creatively. They want them to make the games they yeah, want. Yeah, if the studio wants to make a game, feels like, yeah, whatever. If, if that's the direction you want to go in, dope. But for Phil to have people, like, YouTubers or, or other people go in and check out the game, professional gamers. Oh, the mock reviews, yeah. And if they're saying, like, hey, this game was supposed to be a 70 and it's actually rating at, uh, at a 60 or 50, he said 20 points, right? He said double digits. He said double so digits. So at least 10. At least 10. Okay. But still, he's like expecting the game to get at least like a 70. Yes. Right? Yeah. Why is he dropping a game that's like 70? There's so much hype around Redfall. And it's like, hey guys, there's too much fucking hype. Maybe we should delay this shit. Well, okay. So they do talk about that in the interview where we're beginning where like uh, Paris Lilly, who's like the, the other guy who's on the screen, who's part of the the podcast or whatever he said like when do you guys decide that a game is worth delaying and then when do you decide like a game just ship it as is mm-hmm. and he talks about he's like is there he's like we talked to the dev to the development team and if they say like oh there's stuff we still want to put in and we're not going to reach that deadline with the resources then oh that the studio said they didn't reach their own goals yeah then you delay it if it's hey like this is we did everything we wanted to do but it's still probably not there like tech wise 
then we're going to send it out and then like you're just going to like fix it as you go they even talk about that they said back in the day a game comes out and that's the end like this cartridge is like now you publish a game you put it out there and it's like you're still going to be working on the game for about two years probably even once it hits the public those are those are kind of outliers of like uh, uh we're going to talk about what have you been playing uh, later but you've been playing um jedi survivor jedi survivor and survivor came out pretty fucking broken on PC for the most part, but you think it's an amazing game, right? I I've had a great experience with it. And Although right, I did have a couple bugs, but they weren't game breaking bugs. They were just kind of like funny ones. But and then and then Redfall came out broken, but it doesn't have a lot of content. Like it's gonna take a long ass time to because it seems like people are playing it and there's just like there's no fun here like regardless of whatever patches you do mm-hmm. make it 60 frames etc the fun just isn't here yeah so i, I want to bite the bullet i'm gonna try it before nap between now and next time we record i want to bite the bu- it's on game pass so it's not gonna cost me anything yeah i want to bite the bullet and try it out and just see just how bad it is because i'm curious i think it's important to play bad stuff just so you know what's out there so I, you, i've seen videos and it's i haven't really bad. seen anything i just know it runs not that great although it's on pc if i'm playing on pc it should run better than 30 right presumably so we'll see but um i want to try it out and see how bad it but i'm sorry Johnny, i interrupted you go ahead yeah there's like very few exceptions that actually make it up like one of them is um they talked about that in the, the cyberpunk yeah, they talk Cyberpunk, about Cyberpunk. Okay, they they uh, No Man's Sky. Yes, yeah. And they mentioned some other ones about like, at what point do you think like you're gonna get like, are you gonna turn this game around and get to that point? And he was kind of dod- that that part. He was a little dodgy about. He kind of talked about the the he talked about the process. Like, if the team hasn't reached the thing they want, then they'll delay. And then like, if they reached it, but they're still not like like brushing. Like, okay, like we'll you know fix it as we go along, kind of thing, right? Yeah. So he was a little dodgy about that, but I think. I think they are optimistic that they are going to turn Redfall around. I mean, Cyberpunk, remember Cyberpunk got pulled off of digital storefronts. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Remember on PS4 last gen, it was so bad that PSN took it off for like, I think a hundred days or something. And then our, uh, uh, CD project red had to go back and like, like, Hey, like we promised a lot of these things. We're going to fix it. And like now, that game has seen a huge resurgence in popularity. Part of it because of the Netflix show, obviously, uh, Edge Runners and all that. But like that show, that game now is like damn near perfect. Now it should have never released on last gen. Honestly, it should have never came out on last, last mm-hmm. gen. Yeah. But like, like for example, they're doing like the DLC for the game. Like that's not even coming out on last gen. Like they know, like, like we're not touching that anymore. Like we're just doing next gen only PC. Or current gen, I guess, at this point. Yeah, that makes me happy. You know, so, that's, like, that's that game had a complete, like, resurrection, like, rising from the ashes. So did No Man's Sky. That game, again, another game that overpromised, came out, people hate, like, just shat on it. And now No Man's Sky is, like, they've reached every single thing they said they were going to do and more. Yeah. And that game, you used to be able to find that game for, like, 10 bucks when it was doing really bad. I think I saw it at retail game stuff the other day for like $35. Like they're not cheap anymore. Cause like now like the pedigree, the prestige is there for that game. But you have to consider like city project, Red. They developed this. They took so fucking long to develop, um, uh, cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And it's also like their future there. There is a, uh, whatever the richer. And then this is their fucking future. No man's sky. That's their fucking main bread and butter right there. But then there's other games where it's like, we're a big ass company. We could like bite the bullet, and those games that don't make it out of that situation are games like Anthem, uh, Mass Effect, and Andromeda, Avengers. And it's like 
I'm looking at Redfall and it's like, do you guys want to continue on this shit or just fucking move on? I think they know they have to continue just because that's like their marquee title until what? What comes out later this year? It's like Starfield maybe, right? Starfield, Starfield, right? Yeah. That's like the next major thing. That's still a couple months away. I think they know they have to fix what they can fix in the short term for uh, Redfall and then just fix whatever they can long term after that. So I think, yeah, I think there's no, I feel like this game is too big for them to just be like, ah, like just phone it in. I forget it. Like we're just going to leave it as it is. Like, no, there's like so many complaints. I know what you're saying. Like once the negative PR hits, like it's it. That's all you see. Even if you no, make I'm changes. I'm saying that Starfield isn't relevant enough to continue working on versus the other games. You like mean Redfall. City. Redfall versus like CDPR where that's like their future and then yeah because they're all in on that one franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you yeah whereas Starfield I mean Redfall is like man fuck this game like, you think it's just a blip in the whatever I feel like it is yeah okay but what I was trying to get at is uh, they already announced that they're gonna have a showcase Phil is being as stressed as he is do you think he's gonna be able to get the studios to deliver actually a fucking gameplay for, for all the stuff that they promised. Not everything, but obviously we want to see things like... Dude, um, we still haven't seen... And it was announced when they announced the console. We still haven't seen uh, Senua's uh, Sacrifice, the oh, second that's one. exactly what I was going to mention. Uh, yeah, Senua's Sacrifice. No, was it Senua's Blade? I forgot which one. Or whichever the second one is. Yeah. That was shown, I think, in the same moment they show the Xbox Series X. Well, I, we were. I was at the game. I remember I was at the game awards when they showed it everything, and it's like, dude, we've had games come out that weren't even announced back then on Xbox. Like, yeah. How we still have not seen this game that you showed us before? Like, you can say the same thing about Final Fantasy 16 because Final Fantasy 16 was shown when the PS5 came out. But they always deliver. But that comes out next month, literally next month. I have month. no doubts about fucking the games that they produce. Yeah. So I'm not know, worried man. about Final yeah. Fantasy. Like if if they announce it like three years or a year. Or, and also, if they, I, it's they, ma- it's being made by Square Enix. They they own. It's not a PlayStation. Like, I mean, it's exclusive, but it's not like it's owned outright by PlayStation anyway. So it's not. Yeah. Square Enix can do whatever they want on their on their own. Yeah, so. it's not, it's not a studio that. It's not a first party game. Yeah. So what do they need to show? I need to see uh, Senua's Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I need to see gameplay. The, we got a teaser, and then we got sort of this quasi gameplay where the camera's just following her. Yeah. I need to see combat. There's no heads up display or anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's that. Maybe some Fable. I think you have to show Fable. I think you have to. And and uh, at least two things. So Senua, Fable, Perfect Dark. Um, what else? Yeah, you have to show Perfect Dark. I think you absolutely have to. If, if of those three, you have to at least show two of them. I think. At least in order, two not, of them, in order to not be like just clowned out or whatever. They both have to have gameplay, and they gotta kind of blow my mind. Yeah, agree. I think right. Senua is probably the one that's most likely to blow my because that one's just been gestating longer. But also because that what they showed of that was like amazing when they did show like that brief bit of gameplay, mm-hmm. especially the first, even the first one. If it's built off the bones of the first one, the first one looks really good, even for last gen. So they just need to deliver. I think a lot of that trailer was in engine. They mentioned what like a lot of the trailer was made in engine, not gameplay, but in engine in terms of like they can the console can do that. So. And on top of that, because these are games that they've already shown us forever, right? Mm-hmm. So they got to show us new stuff. Like, are they going to show us a new Gears of War? Probably. I don't know, actually. Well, the last one was uh, 2018, I think it was. Yeah, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah, you're right. I think it's about time. So if they drop new games, 
a one where it'd be like, okay, I'm a little more confident is if they showed me fucking banjo. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with their internal studios like I am with PlayStation, so I don't know like who's supposed to be working on what over there because I just, I'm just not that familiar with their output. But I know they do have enough subsidiaries or enough studios to be working on multiple projects at the same time. So I don't know what, especially now with the acquisitions, they should be working on different things. So yeah, I'm curious to see what they're going to show. Although I would prefer to know more updates about the stuff they've announced than to see new stuff because you can announce something new and like you won't see that for like years. So at this point, it's more important to show what you have in the immediate future than like years down the line, I think. No, I definitely agree. But they can't keep showing us the same stuff. Sure, 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 sure. I'm saying like 70 30s. I'm saying like 70 yeah. updates on current nose and then 30 like here's like what's around the corner that we don't we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. So anything else, Johnny? I feel like we, this is like obviously this was going to be the longest topic we talked about. I think we covered everything, right? We talked about how they felt unfair about the CMA ruling. They're going to they're going to challenge that. They're going to try to overturn that. We talked about because they feel confident in pleading their case that like they don't have a monopoly on cloud gaming. Something mm-hmm. to do with you sent me an article, but I didn't read about Google Stadia kind of doing the same thing. How like their failure? Oh, I didn't read it honestly. The second person, the second uh, company that was pushing back because the oh, main- that's right. Because we keep thinking that it's just Sony they're fighting, but there's other company. Google Sony is the most vocal one. Google and Apple who are also like in the shadows, right? Like fighting or like yeah, pushing. Like, it, it feels like. Uh, Google low-key was trying to retaliate because of what happened to Stadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Stadia But also was Apple able- being like their their like arch rival throughout time also like is trying to like... So the thing with Apple was... Like whisper in the ears of people to like... Yeah, the, the thing with Apple was the mobile gaming part of it. Mm-hmm. Not not the console version, of course. Right, right, right. Um, all right, let's go to the next thing. All right, well, Johnny, that's the end of our stories. That's all three stories that we had for this week. Um, probably the first time our conversation wasn't overly PlayStation. Although we did talk about one story about PlayStation about the sales, but like this was an interesting one because we don't really delve into Xbox side of stuff that much. But they gave us some good stuff this week to talk about. So here we are. Uh, all right. So Johnny, what have you been playing, sir? So I've been playing uh Mortal Kombat. Mortal Love. Kombat. Does it have the theme song in there or no? The dun, 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 dun. I haven't thought about it. No. Pretty sure it doesn't. I don't think any of the games have the movie theme. There's, there's no way it doesn't have it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I picked up Mortal Kombat. It was on one of the PlayStation sales, you know. They sure. always got them going on. How much was it? I'm just curious. It was like 10. That's not bad. That's not bad. Is all. that the most recent Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it's the latest oh. one. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hold on, Johnny. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. And we're back, Johnny. Sorry, go ahead. All right, so Mortal Kombat. Um, pick it up. The story, it's always kind of cheesy. Is this the one with the time traveling, or is that the one before? This is time. This one does have time traveling? Yeah. Oh, okay. I heard about that. All right, yeah, ahead. it does. Like, uh, It's not crazy spoilers, but some people come back, right? Right. So, the story is a little bit cheesy. It's not that interesting. It's just there because it's sort of a mandate or whatever. It's not very engaging. Is there? Is it another tournament? Is it another Mortal Kombat tournament? It's always that. Okay. So, nothing to say about the story. It's whatever. Now... Do you have, like, a central protagonist, or does it jump around to different points no, of views? No, it's a central protagonist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, though, because... Yeah. Is it a user-made character, or no? User-made? Like, is it a character you create to, like, go through the story, or no? Or is it an established character? Oh. Just say yes or no. No. Okay. All right. 
Wait, I didn't get your question. I'm asking, so, like, are you playing the story mode and you have to create a character first to watch the to view the story through? No, no, you go through the story and the story is based on characters that are pre-selected. Gotcha. So All you right, go through, perfect. like, three fights and there's a new character that you have to fight with. Oh, like Injustice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so nothing to say about the story. It's whatever. Uh, the combat is fucking destroying me, dude. I can't stand this shit because Mortal Kombat X, I had a pretty easy time. It was easy uh, crunching the buttons. Getting the combinations right was pretty cool, except I wasn't doing... And then you have like the tutorial or the training that shows you how to do combos, right? Like... Yeah, yeah. But I didn't have to do that in X. In oh. X, I would just start the game and I would just punch a bunch of shit. And I'm like, oh, this means this and that and that. And I could combine this. Mm-hmm. And it was easy. This one is the first game in, in fucking years where I, I'm like... I gotta check out this tutorial, so I jumped into it. Do they just change how the combat works, or I, I don't know? Is the AI understand. way more aggressive, or what? I don't understand. I think maybe blocking is insanely difficult, dude. You don't just lean back or pull opposite direction like no. on the D pad. No, no. You, you have to block. Huh. But it's no. I'm saying blocking in most fighting games is you just lean the opposite. You like go back, and that's like blocking automatically. No, you you gotta press like R two or something. Oh, okay, okay. Uh. So blocking, if you have it in the, of course, the highest difficulty, you get these. Oh, there's your problem. <laughs> you get these ridiculous con- combinations where they'll toss you up in the air and then they they bounce you and then you fall to they the ground. Juggle you. Yeah. As soon as you co- you come up, you get kicked in the face, and I'm like, I have no fucking time to block. It's like if I can't hold it because is it like Street Fighter where you have like high block and low block? Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I wish it was just one block. But okay. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I think. Uh, because how are you supposed to know which if they're gonna go up or down? Like, oh, well, you don't. It's yeah. just a guessing game. Yeah, there's like little tales, but your brain has to be like fucking on it. I think uh, Marvel versus Capcom has just the one block. Yeah. Uh, so bear on me. I'm getting a little bit sleepy. Yeah, we're recording kind of later than usual. Like, feels well, you guys aren't gonna know this, obviously. But I got out of work. I went to go watch Guardians of the Galaxy three. Then I I was about to come over to Johnny's and I had to go home to look for something for my mom that she left. And I got here later than way later than usual, so Johnny's a little out of it. Go ahead, Johnny, continue. Yeah, so the blocking blo- the blocking sucks in this game. Okay, it's tough. That's all I'm gonna say. It's very difficult. As far as the aesthetics, they look fucking cool. Everything looks dope. Mm-hmm. What's insanely impressive to me is that you go you go to a section and it's uh like customization, and there's a ridiculous amount amount of outfits that you can put on. Oh, okay. so. Uh, I added this game like some time ago and I always get like the highest tier right with the DLC and everything so in this one you get a Rambo you get fucking Spawn I was waiting for that motherfucker that sounds cool Spawn that's a good choice you get him you get Robocop eh okay wait I said Rambo Robocop Rambo's cool Spawn is cool Terminator and Spawn Robocop doesn't seem that cool so they got badass outfits like uh, Robocop you know, it's it's hard to see him as in something that's not his original like silver Chrome, thing. Yeah. Is it is it the new the reboot Mortal Robocop like outfit? I didn't see that. Well, he's all black. He's wearing all black. I didn't see that. But, oh, okay. But then you can do things to him where you can change his helmet, and it looks hyper futuristic. It looks cyberpunkish. That's cool. It looks very menacing. Okay. Imagine a like a cyberpunk bug, right? It's it's just nuts, dude. You could change the colors. The te- the, the you get different textures. 
Um, like he's gonna look like from like Star Wars or something, like a droid or something from Star Wars or what? I'll show you later. It's like a Mandalorian or something helmet. It, it's just amazing to me how many variations of uh, will cost. So does Spawn also have that many variations? Yeah, yeah. So Spawn will have like a different cape, a different like uh, flames, different belts, uh, different color combination. His different shape switch up. weapons or no? Uh, the weapons don't change shape. I haven't. I haven't gotten that. You know, he has like those it. chains and stuff that are like on him. Yeah, I you actually yeah you can change the the weapons. Oh, okay. So you'll you'll have a dude with a big ass hammer, and then he'll have a scythe, and then it'll be like a it'll be like a pick and hammer combination. That's so it's all socialist. That's actually <laughs> yes yes, <laughs> and that's actually the most impressive thing that I've seen so far. Just the artistic expression that all these characters have. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, um, I'm trying to imagine like, you know how like you had the colored ninjas, scorpion, rain, uh, you know, sub zero reptile. Like, can you make them something that's not their core color or no? They got some wild shit. Yeah. 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 So the scorpion doesn't always have to be yellow. No, no, no. Oh, not okay, at all. that's interesting. Not at all. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his damn name. Cyrax. No, no. Sector. It sounds like Bano. Uh, Noob Cybot? No, nah, he's the dude with the with the like the red thing. The red thing? Yeah, Kano, a... Kano. I think. It's oh, Kano. the cyborg guy. Yeah, he's got the Kano. cyborg guy. Yeah, Kano. All that stuff is detailed. You could have like a little a little red eye, or change it, the socket, or it expands back to the back of his head. You oh. could change the uh, the thing in the middle. Like Iron Man with arc reactor. <laughs> yes, the little arc reactor thing. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a circle, a triangle. It's insane. Dude. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Okay. Do you get those options all the, all the way at, like right from the beginning, or do you have to like earn them? Like as like you have to earn them. Oh, okay. So there's some incentive to like keep... yeah. Okay. Some some stuff at the beginning, the few, first few chapters, you unlock them. It's easy. Yeah. But of of course, the real cool, the cool shit. stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, so you either have to do story, or you have to do the towers, or now they have the towers of time. Is that like the endless mode kind of? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then they have the crypt. Uh, the crypt. They used to have it in first person, and I was third person, and then you walk around, and it's it's very, um, it's kind of over- overwhelming, because okay. there's so many damn chests, and you have, you, now you get this hammer, and you can hit, like, a... So it's like a dungeon crawling kind of experience. Sort yeah, of. you you get this hammer, and then you get all these, like, different devices that change the, uh, that open up the locations in the crypt. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's too much shit going on there. I explored a, a bunch of it, and... Okay, well, anyways... This one's tough to re- to kind of review because I haven't completed the game. I mean, you don't have to review. We're just asking. You're just telling us like what you're playing right no, now. No, my right? first impressions is like an easy eight for me for, oh, for a fighting okay. game. All right, um, that's pretty high for a fighting game. Well, I don't know how you score other fighting games, but that's pretty high for me for a fighting game. I think my favorite fighting game is my ten fighting game is uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. One or two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so it's probably. It's probably two, I'm guessing, because two is like the badass one. Remind me. I mean, two is the I'm gonna take you for a ride. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, yeah, it's got yeah. all the, the War Machine, Iron Man, Mega yeah, Man, uh, Proton Cannon, and all that. Yeah, that's two. Okay, that's two. Yeah, all right. That's that's my favorite one. That's in my top fifty. Top fifty. Interesting. Yeah. Well, more about that in the future. How babe. many episodes until that? Uh, this is ninety one, so we got like. Eight. Okay, I still got time. Yeah, it, that's a daunting list. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there when we get there. All right, so. do your do your thing. I'm like reiterating too much. All right, so I've been playing and I've completed since last time. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. 
And so I know the game is doing horrible on PC. I am not playing on PC. I played it on PS5. Uh, I opted for perform performance mode over like resolution. So I did the full 60 frames per second because for a game of that type, any game that's like a Souls-like, which is what Jedi Survivor is kind of like, it's a light Souls-like, you need to have that timing. You need to have that timing and precision down. So I went for 60 frames. Uh, as compared to Horizon uh, Forbidden West, which I did 30 frames because that doesn't really matter as much. It's mm -hmm. an action game, but it's not like I'm pairing as an Aloy. So 60 frames per second. Um, right off the bat, within the first hour, I'm like, oh, this game is definitely a step up from the original. I'm not the biggest fan of Fallen Order, the first one. I thought it was just okay. I thought it was fun. It was good. But this one is truly great, I think. There's so much more depth to the combat now. Stances. Stances, yeah. So stances are like individual skill trees for combat. Whereas I think the original Fallen Order, you just had one skill tree for your lightsaber combat. Right? I think I'm remembering that correctly. Here you have... Well, no, you had one for single. You had one for double-bladed, I think. Here you have like five different stances. You have Cal with just one saber. You have Cal with the double blade saber. You have Cal with dual wielding sabers, which you are thinking like that's the same as doubles, but it's not. It's not the same as double. No, they're separate. They're separate. You have Cal with the saber and the blaster, one of my favorite combinations. Oh, damn. And then you have, um, is it just those four maybe? No, there's five. What's the fifth one? I'm forgetting what the other one is. Oh, and then you have Cal with like what's basically a great sword. It's the one with the it has the edges going on the side, like like Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. But it's a long ass blade. It's a it's like it's like it's supposed to be like your heavy, like your defense, your heavy staff stance. So that one gives you the longest lightsaber blade, but it's the slower one because you're kind of like move maneuvering slower, but you're like you have like the best like parry best defense with it. I think I would go staff saber, the double staff. Or or saber gun. I use dual wield and and blaster. Okay. Dual wield. So like each each stance has its weaknesses and its strengths. Like dual wield is like the aggressive fast one. That's the aggressive fast one, and you're like kind of uh. I feel like your hits aren't hitting as hard, but you're definitely like you're pushing the opponent onto the defense rather than making them attack. Like they're not really going to be attacking while you're attacking, kind of. So. I went for the aggressive, but I also had blaster because for certain enemies, like just getting near them is dangerous. So like the blaster one, how it works is you have a certain amount of shots and then you can replenish it, but you have to replenish it by using melee. So with the saber stance, you have to use a, your single lightsaber and stuff and it, it refills your, your ammo for your blaster. And then I'll put some distance and I'll just like pick them off of the distance with the blaster. So you have like five different ways to play. Um, for some encounters, it makes more sense to go... Like, for example, if you're dealing with a lot of enemies, you're not going to use the... What I consider the, uh, the like, the greatsword one, which is with the, with the long-ass blade and, like, the side with the with the cross guard. You're not going to do that one because that one's very slow. You're, that's more meant for, like, a single opponent, like someone who's, like, really strong. The sword reminds me of a monster hunter. Yeah, it's it's a big sword, yeah. Get the it's a big lightsaber. Your light exactly, it is. Where your dual wheel is kind of like your knives, sort of. Yeah. But they're not that short, but, you know. So, there's a time... In, like, there's certain enemies that fly around. Like There's, like, the stormtroopers that have jetpacks. And if you try to use the force to pull them down, it's kind of hard. Like, they'll resist it. So, that's when I will switch to the blaster and just, like, blast them, whatever. So, there's, like, situations where it makes more sense to go with a certain stance. And then each of the stances has their own separate, like skill tree that you can upgrade so it's really cool it's a lot more deep than just being like you know 
attack with the lightsaber, right? There's like there's strategic scenarios where it it behooves you to use a different stance. Um, the story. The story is interesting. I'm not going to go into, and I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't, because I know we have we, our cousin Joe who listens, and he's not done with the game yet, but he's he started the game. He's not done, and you haven't even played the game, so I don't want to ruin anything for you. But you think you know what's going on for about two thirds of the game, story wise. Story wise, right. you think you know what's what's the gist of the game? Like, okay, this is what we're trying to do. This is our objective, and then you you kind of have that fake out where you think the game is over. And then, like, oh, no, there's still, like, probably a quarter left. And it's like, oh, shoot. And then, like, a, like oh, like, this is what's going on. It's like, that's almost like a spoiler in itself. But I'm not telling you what it is exactly what's going on. But, yeah, I don't know what it is. But it's a, it's really cool. It's def, I, I feel like the first story, the game, for, the, for, the story for the first game was kind of just, like, whatever. It was, it was cool, but it was just really whatever. This one's, like... Oh my god, like they're doing this, they're bringing in this character. I didn't even mention like there is like side stories and side quests. Uh there's a particular really cool one that that there's a side quest that you can do because you have like a open world hub mm-hmm. on um uh I forgot I forgot the name of the planet. It's like a two syllable word. But you have like this hub base world that you go to. I think it's Bodo. Boda, Boda, something like that. And you go there, and you this is where the story starts off. But you can come back, you can do things, you can like, you can find people on on your travels to other worlds, and like recruit them, and they'll come back to your hub world and kind of just like expand the town or whatever. So they kind of have that going on. You can like get like a florist who will like add more plants or flowers to like your like town, and like there's a fisherman you can recruit who like will will tend to this aquarium that you have in your in your bar. Like it's just like stuff where just like you're expanding your home base just to how, how you like it kind of stuff which was not at all a thing in the first game the very first the first game felt very bare like it felt very unpopular it felt very lonely and isolated this game you're running into people all over the place and it's just really cool because i i tend to gravitate towards open world games this is not exactly an open world game but there's moments where it's like oh like there's actually another being here rather than just monsters all the time right not just stormtroopers like oh there's somebody else who's here exploring these ruins and this is what they're learning about the ruins and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's it because I think the first game feels very like lonely. Mm-hmm. For your, when you explore a lot of the worlds, like there's really nobody there, and it just kind of feels like I don't know, just boring, bland. This is a little tangent, but I wish, I wish games, even if they weren't multiplayer, if they have something like a hub, it'd be cool if you could have different Jedi's just going interacting with each other. Yeah, but that for st- that would break the story immersion of all these Jedi just walking around when like the Jedi are supposed to be well, extinct. Not like a ton of them, oh. but you get like three of them and they just pass by and then they show you their custom character, like Destiny custom, kind of their custom uh site. So like Destiny, I didn't play Destiny. Well, because you have hub worlds like where like people are just wandering around doing their thing, buying stuff and leaving. But that's multiplayer all of them. True, 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 true. Yeah, but you could play Destiny single player if you wanted to. So. There's that. Um, yeah, so you, so you get, like, these quest lines from certain people who are like, oh, like, I heard rumors. They're called rumors, actually. They're like, oh, there's, there's, like, a certain creature over here doing something. There's a really cool quest line. I, I'm, I'm going to not spoil it, but I'm going to talk about it a little quick, where because Cal Kestis, he's, like, one of the last Jedi or whatever, there are bounty hunters that come after you. Uh, later on, you get a choice. You get an option to hunt, hunt counter to hunt down the bounty hunters. And then, like, there's someone who gives you, like, these, like, the fo- you've seen the Mandalorians, you know, the little fobs, they carry the little disc that has, like, the projection of who you're looking for, mm-hmm. right? So, there's this character who 
gets gives you like something really cool. Well, you have a very special moment once you get all the fobs, all the bounty hunters, and they and a, a really cool character from like Star Wars Lord makes like a cameo. It's it's really dope. So like there is stuff to do other than just the main story. Whereas in the first game, it's just the main story and really not much else outside. There's like the legendary creatures you can hunt down, right? You remember like the really strong variants of the normal monsters. But here, like you have that, you have side quests. It it really just builds off everything off of the first game. Uh, you see a lot of the characters from the first game come back. Grease, uh, Marin, and all all those characters who you knew, like the Night Sister chick with the like, the magic and stuff. And you kind of get the game jumps forward like five. I think it's like five years in the future. Five years since like the last one, and so like you kind of catch up with them. Overall, the story is just really cool because they. They introduce all these new planets, all these new enemy types, all this new antagonist who's not we haven't seen before. Like all this new stuff, they really just kind of. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's that sense of wonder. You kind of get that experience again of like, oh, like you get that sense of like, oh, this is something new in this like galaxy that I thought I knew very well. So as a Star Wars fan, again, shout out May May the Fourth today. Uh, I've I've just been enthralled with the game. Now there is. It's not all sunshine and lollipops. There is some bad stuff. I'll say there are some glitches, even on PS5. Uh, there was a really annoying glitch where I had to reload a save because for some reason, Cal was acting like this door was still there, but it was gone. But it was like an invisible door, but like I got rid of the door. And he was still like, he wouldn't go through the damn doorway. I'm like, what? Like, am I supposed to be doing something else? And like, oh, and the map system, you know, the map, the little mini map is still confusing. The multi-layered like minimap where it's like 3D like like hollow projection. I never like that map style. Returnal has a similar map, but they do it better in Returnal. Here it's like it you don't know what you're looking at some of the time. And then because there's fewer worlds, there's only like, I don't want to tell you how many. Well, I don't, do you want to know how many worlds there is or no? Is that yeah, what's wrong with that? It's like four planets compared to like more than four in the first game. But you keep going to the same four places over and over. But because there's less worlds, each world is way, way bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to get lost. And the map is not... The map will tell you, oh, like, this is where your objective is. But, like, you have no idea of how you're supposed to get to the objective. Even though you've already been to that world multiple times. But it doesn't have, like, a digital trail or anything like that? Not really, no. They do. Like, they'll show you the sections in between. But you can't tell, like, am I supposed to go through the bottom part or the top part? Uh, Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, there's multiple ways to leave this area. We don't know which one is the one that takes you there kind of thing. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. I do like that they added fast travel, though, because that was not in the original, and it was so annoying. This time, you do have fast travel. You have to go to, like, where, uh, you know, where you meditate to, like, level up or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can only fast travel from there. That's kind of fair. I mean, it would be too easy if you could just fast travel from anywhere. (laughs) Maybe that's because the other one was on PS4. Could have been that. I don't know. Like, are you saying like hardware limitations or something? Yeah. Maybe I don't think so. But um, it's just so. I think it's vastly superior to the original. Uh, the game looks gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Uh, cutscenes and the environments look like amazing. There's some worlds you go to and you're like, this looks like real life. Like the rocks, the textures. Like this looks like the Sahara Desert in real life. Like it looks beautiful so how is the lightsaber bedazzling oh the customization it's actually it's a little deeper than the last one like in the old one you kind of just chose like the theme of the hilt 
or like certain parts but here that you have you break down like the individual like parts like the emitter which is like where the blade comes out the little ring behind the emitter the pommel the pommel the part on the bottom like you can like it has like the little loop or whatever like you can change that to like different ones and then even through the even though there's like different parts you can swap out, you can also change the color of those individual parts. So like by the end of the game, I had this really badass like golden lightsaber because I, I that gold looked cool. So I had like this golden lightsaber. You can change like the how weathered it looks. Like you can make it look ancient or you make it like modern. So like you can have like the same design and then like make it look like okay, this lightsaber's not like uh, we'll say it's like a thousand years. So it's got like weathered like has like lines and grooves and like chips and stuff. So you can like really like you said like bling it out to however you want. There's a lot of options. And then, like, you do the thing where you explore and you find, like, new attachments or, like, a BD-1 will do the thing. Or there's, like, a container. You know how he puts his leg in like, turns in and put pops open, like, a trash trash can or whatever. And it's like, oh, you have a new skin for your lightsaber or, like, a new part for, like, the emitter or the grip or, like, where you ignite the button. Like, it's super customizable. It's kind of silly, though, because you can't really see it when you're, like, using it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm swinging my lightsaber. I don't know what emitter I have. I can't even tell. It's, like, so far away, but... It's cool just to have the option to kind of just do whatever you want, make it yours, your own. So it's neat. So what about uh, your blaster? That's a- the blaster you can customize too. Yeah, the blaster you can change the uh, like the barrel and like the grip and the uh, and kind of like the bot, not the body as much. I think that one has less options, but the barrel and the grip are definitely customizable. And same thing with this, you can change the colors of the like the, the theme or the tone or whatever. Um, That'd be cool if the uh, if you change. Any part of the gun, it would tweak the sound. That'd be nice. The lightsaber colors make different sounds. Oh, that's neat. I noticed that because you know I can change the different colored like the colors, but when you like select them, you can hear they all have different hums and vibrate like pitches. Like the green one is like a vertical, and the blue one's more like a. Like they ignite the sound they make when you're like just like the like they each have a unique sound, which I thought was really cool. I went with cyan. Cyan's my favorite color, which is like blue and green together. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite lightsaber color. But like the other ones, like they each have like their kind of different unique, which I thought was really cool. And that's how it is in the movies too. Like different lightsabers have different sounds. And uh, uh, the, the music is really great too. I love, I'm a big fan of John Williams' work with Star Wars. But there's like new tracks in this game that are made just for the game, but they fit, they sound Star Warsy enough where like you could have sworn this was probably like a deleted track from a, one of the movies like there's a mixture of like classic themes like the mm-hmm. you know all that but like there's enough variations where like i've never heard this one before i know it's a new one but it it just fits in there like as if it was always there kind of thing so there's some great music i don't know who the composer was i didn't bother looking it up but um i wish there was more like cantina type music a little more jazzy stuff throughout the game there's like, cause there is a bar you visit, like in your hub area, mm-hmm. there is a bar that you go to like for like missions and stuff. And like, they do have some music, but I, it wasn't the cantina music. It was like some other kind of music. It wasn't like a, it wasn't diegetic. Like we're like the people in the bar listening to, but like. What the hell is di- diegetic? Huh? What's diegetic? Uh, diegetic sound is sound that's heard by the people in the movie or in the game or like. Like, it's not like the thing that's played on the jukebox in the background. It's, like, meant for only the player, the person who's observing. So, like, the Star Wars theme. Luke can't hear the Star Wars theme in Star Wars, right? He can't hear the... Right? He hasn't yeah. hear But you do. So, that's not diegetic. Diegetic is when it's, like, in the world, too. So, like, okay. background music that's playing over the speakers. So, in the you club. can see the people dancing to it. And- yeah, they, they react to it, kind of. Yeah. 
So like you can hear, so there's no cantina music, but there is cantina music. You get my drift? Mm-hmm. Like they aren't, they're, they're probably not hearing it because there's no one there playing it, but you hear it when you transition from an area to an area. So, um, what else? Uh, the game's hard. It's hard as hell, man. Even on normal. The first one was hard. Even on normal difficulty. I played it. There's five difficulties. There's story mode, Padawan, Jedi Knight, Master, and Grandmaster. I played on the normal one because I always play everything on normal. Even on norm, even on normal, I was like, I am having a hard time with this. And I was, there's multiple times where I'm like, I'm just going to lower it. And I didn't. I held Stamp out. Stamp of disapproval. I held out. I held out. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to look. Like, I'm going to figure it out. And it's one of those, we've talked about this before, John, this really weird phenomenon where you give up for the day. Like, I'm, I'm done. You come back the next day, first try. And it's it's a trip because it's the same tactic. You know the same pattern. But Somehow. I do think you absorb the information different over time. I think, like, okay, I'm going to try, like, like, maybe I'll have a faster. I think part of it, someone told me about this. Someone told me, like, the psychology behind it where, like, there's uh, your mind takes short firm information and converts it to long term for information like that that it happens overnight night or something but it's not always like that it could be overnight and it could just be 10 minutes later oh I, that almost never happens for me i do if that. anything i start doing worse the longer i i try i actually start doing worse after a while yeah i, I don't know if if the fact that we completed it after is because we're more relaxed or if it's because we're more fine tuned i think i'm just more alert like fresh I think it's what it is. Like on the final, when I got to the final boss, he like literally took me like probably th- two, three hours. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to do it today. Cause I thought we were going to record the next day. So I'm like, no, I have to do this today. <laughs> and like, I think I, I took like an hour break and that worked for me. So I don't know. But anyways, there's multiple times where the game seems very unfair. And then once I realized like, Oh, like I'm doing this completely, I'm approaching this. I should actually target this enemy first before i do the other ones and like that made the difference so like there'll be like waves of enemies and you're tempted to fight the ones who are right in front of you like the melee units but then you have guys like on the balconies with like rocket launchers and i'm like clearly i'm supposed to take out the rocket launcher guys first because those are the ones who are going to be doing like the passive damage to me while i'm focused on the melee let me like run around put some distance between me and the melee guys so i can take the moment to use the force to pull the guy down and kill him what about what about puzzles Thank God they're not as annoying as the first game. There are some puzzles, but they're nowhere near as annoying as like the Zepho world in the first game with the stupid spheres and all that crap. The spheres? You remember the spheres? Like these big ass rolling boulders in the first game that you had to like put into like a certain pedestal and like. I remember you had to use those fireballs, but they pass to the water and they go out. The water fountain one? Yeah. Uh, not the water fountain, but yeah, the water that comes down from the ceiling. And it would like. It would like that burn. was the worst section. Right so there. annoying in that game. There's puzzles here, but they're way more intuitive. Like, it's kind of like, oh, this is, pu- I just unlocked this new ability. Clearly, this new ability is meant for this puzzle that I'm just encountering. It's like, oh, yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. There was some times where I got stuck. And I think it was mostly my problem because I just didn't look up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, the thing I had to do was, like, above me. And I just couldn't tell because it was, it was, like, directly above me. And I just, like, looked everywhere but up. So, yeah. sometimes the solution, I was like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, and it'll like it'll like kind of like oh like I feel so stupid like why didn't I not think about that so those are the best puzzles when like it's like hard I think but also not like like I'm not like, I have to look it up like I didn't look up any of the solutions I'll because it's a new game I'm not gonna find the solutions probably online but I'm like like what am I supposed to be doing and I'm just like 
I'll sit there and I'll try every single thing and I'm like, oh, and then eventually it snaps into place in my mind. How often do you go for solutions on the internet? Uh, When I just cannot, I literally just cannot figure it out. Like the stupid, remember in RE4, we had to do the, the hexagons changing ones to get yeah. the, that one. I looked it up because I'm like, I, I'm bad at this. I'm just bad I, at this. I had to do that one on my own. Really? I did it on my own. That took so long. It, it took then, a minute, but I was like, no, nah, I can get this. And if you look on the internet, that's not the type of a puzzle where it's just going to give you a straight answer. Actually, I looked it up because on you YouTube. Can, you, and you can, can solve it, it in two tries. You uh, can solve it in two movements. And I felt so stupid because that one, if you leave it and you come back, it doesn't reset. That's what I'm saying. And like, that was so annoying. Once you move it, you can't yeah. go to the internet and find this exact configuration that you left it on. Yeah. So it's like, nah, this is one I got to figure out on my own. No, the, my first playthrough, I did have to figure out. The second playthrough, I'm like, I'm not messing around. I'm going to look up the solution the second time. Yeah. So the second playthrough was way faster because it was just two movements and that was it. Yeah. First time I was like, ah, I, it took me, I just kept trying and I wasn't even trying. I was just like, I'm just randomly pushing things until it worked and eventually it worked after like 20 minutes. Yeah. The only things I look up is just like combination locks. Or if I'm like, if there's something that's like missable that I don't want to miss out on, like. Like oh I couldn't I could have got this like item or whatever and I just no that that I don't mind to really yeah well it depends on the game because if the game doesn't tell you that's missable that's different if it's like oh you're missing three out of something and then I'm like okay I'll look around if I missed it that's on me uh, it depends on the game it really depends on the game for me but anyways uh back to Star Wars I I know some people are saying that they're having issues really bad on PC I think on Xbox there's issues too but on PS5 I really didn't have that many issues it was just my own stupidity or like i told you like the door i had to reload the game once because the door was still acting like it was still there even though it was clearly gone so yeah yeah. i've seen a bunch of glitches i don't know what they were on they might have been on pc but it it was fucking nuts like uh you fall through the map type of deal that's never happened to me you uh go in a wall and then you you're like in between the walls you start running between the walls and you can't get out Uh uh-huh um i had another like glitch frozen, a lot of like t-post type of thing i had a weird glitch where for some reason i was watching a cutscene, and the r and the r1 like prompt showed up multiple times all over the screen like so imagine like a r1 prompt and then the r1 prompt drops it drops another r1 prompt underneath the original r1 prompt like it was like a waterfall of r1s sounds like a ufo it was like dropping R1s. I'm like, what the hell is... I recorded it. I'm going to show it to you later. I recorded it. But I'm like, what the hell is going on? I had a friend... But it wasn't game-breaking. It was just amusing and annoying. I had a friend tell me about a UFO that was behaving in a similar way, but for a different day. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, there's glitches. I didn't have the major ones. That people, I'm sure if I did, I'd probably be more pissed at the game. Yeah. But for the most part, I thought it was a good challenge. I had a good time with it. Uh... It's like a, I think my completion time was like twenty hours around there. Okay. I think twenty it, hours. That's it. Yeah, it's it, it's on higher difficulties supposed to be like twenty five. You didn't platinum, right? No, of course not. There's so much stuff I still have to do in the game. There's no difficulty trophy, which I thought was interesting. I have a hard time believing that you can go back to a game after you complete it. No, you can just continue where you left off. No, I know. Because there's still so many other things you can do. But I do everything. If I decide to plan on it, I have to do everything before I complete the story. Oh, okay. Or it's hard for me to just go back. If it just feels like senseless. As long as not too much time has passed, I can just jump back in. If it's not like, oh, like what was I doing like months ago? Like No, like, not like that. But oh. I can't complete the game and then feel like, oh, I'm just going to do the rest of all this shit. 
that I missed. Oh, you don't go back? No. You don't, like, backtrack? I don't. I have to do every, all the side missions. I got to do them before. So, like, RE4, you, like, got every single treasure, every single, like, like side quest thingy, every super creature. Like, you did everything in one playthrough? Well, I didn't plot in RE4. Oh. Yeah, I but just, you weren't. Oh, you weren't trying though, right? You weren't trying to do everything. No, no, no. I also, I also do it because when I do side missions, it feels like I'm carrying all these trophies in a backpack, like mentally. Mm-hmm. So when I complete the game, it's just so much more satisfying knowing like I got all this shit with me. Like it's balanced. I'm out of here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, well, also I want to know about the set pieces. Are they as epic as the the uh, first games? There's like, are you sliding down the side of a slope? Oh, dude, dude! There's one of my one of my favorite like video game sequences ever is in this game. It's uh, like we were involves sliding. Just mentioned it. Slide. It involves a lot of sliding. I don't want to ruin it for you, but like, it's this really cool. It feels very uncharted, like like very uncharted, very scripted. Okay, but like you can still die. And I died lots of times, but it was cool because it's just like you're using the force to the maximum. And it's just such a cool, like, like the, it felt very, like, kind of, I'm trying to think of an example, God of War-esque, you know, where Kratos has, like, one of those really cool, like, you're, like, taking on a massive beast and, like, everything's just clicking for you when it comes to, like... Like, the camera's close and you see, like, Kratos, like... Very active, very dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. There's a particular moment of the game where it's, like, a it's like a 10-minute kind of just, like, heart-pounding, like, sequence. Maybe 10 minutes is a bit too long. It's more like five minutes. But it's a really cool, like, scripted sequence of, like, speed and force use movement, and it's just... It's really dope. It's a really cool sequence. Um... The the boss battles, like, the major... You know when you go into an open area, it's a big open area, like, oh, I'm gonna have a boss battle. Like, obviously, there's gonna be a boss battle here. Like, there's no reason for this area to be so big. When you have those particular boss battles... Uh, especially, I don't want to spoil it, but especially when it evolves to like person on person combat, like there's some really cool, like quick time events kind of stuff where like, Oh, like, like using the force against someone else who uses the force and like mashing square to they do like this really cool thing. Like it's very satisfying. I died a lot. I died a lot on the final boss, but it never felt cheap. It always felt like I need to learn how to not do this to the point where on the last to the point where I finally beat the boss, like I didn't take any damage during the first three phases. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got, but like, like each time I got a little bit further because as I figured out more of the pattern, like okay, this is the part where they do this. Because if you remember, the first one's like all about parrying, right? All about blocking, like at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. It feels so satisfying when you get to the end and you're just like parrying an entire combo because you already know when the attacks are coming, and like you just like flawless, you, like you get through that part and you have like full health and you still have like all your little like health cartridges like intact it's like it's just so cool when you like fully master a specific boss or character so mm-hmm. um in normal mode yeah jedi knight which is the normal which is the third of five difficulties okay i want to hear you someday come here and be like i beat this game in an in, in insane mode mm, i don't get i don't get the thrill out of that of doing that for this kind of game though in Elder Ring, it was cool. I think Elder Ring is probably the hardest game I've ever played. But that game, it felt so satisfying. That's true, because it doesn't have a difficulty. There's no difficulty options in, in oh, those games. Uh, full credit for that one. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah. Uh, did you have any other questions? I can't see your paper. No, I, I was just... About the set pieces, I'm... One, oh, don't look at this. Oh. Uh, set pieces. Uh, they have, like, epic scenes, right? Like, is there a, a dope scene? Like, I like the section in, in the prior one 
where you kind of get out of the water, and it's not an ATAT, but you just see that dude right there. Oh, when you're you, riding on and it, you have climbing to, like, it. Yeah, you have to like because those the scenes, the ATAT, yeah, those yeah, yeah. scenes remind me of like the Metal Gear ladder and Metal Gear sure. Snake Eater. That's kind of like what the sequence I'm talking about is kind of like that. Okay. Uh, there's a really cool sequence towards the end of the game. Um, just. Uh, Many spoilers, many, 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 many spoilers. You take you take control of a different character for a small segment, okay? Okay. You take control of a different character for a small segment, and that character has a really dope boss battle. It's just really like it's like something out of Dragon Ball Z in terms of like force powers and stuff. Like it's just like oh, it's like the Force Unleashed. You play the Force Unleashed where you guys like it goes like overboard with the force powers and stuff. But uh, yeah, there's that moment. I don't. The worlds just look beautiful, but it's only, like, four. And then if you're someone who loves Star Wars for, like, the worlds you know, like, none of the worlds they introduce are old classic ones. They're all completely new worlds. All right, cool. So, well, actually, no, sorry. There is one world, but it only shows up in one of the movies that you've probably seen. It shows up in Rogue One. That's, like, the one hint. But other than that, all the worlds are brand new. So, like, there's no sense of, like, oh, I know this. Not, Not really. Uh, they introduced a lot of enemy variations, which I love because the first one felt, I felt like had very little. This one, there is so many like stormtrooper variants. There's so many non-imperial like enemy variants. There's a lot of different, um, just a lot, good selection of enemies who have weaknesses and like strengths and stuff. And you like once you fight them long enough, you can figure out like what's the what's the approach here, what's the stance for this one. So I love a game that lets you like kind of figure out what's the most efficient way of doing something. And this game is very much that. So uh, I I would give it a nine, honestly. I loved it. Damn. Nine. I was waiting for that. A nine. All right. Now, if I had a bad experience, because I know there's some people who had bad experiences, I had glitches, but I told you, like, during the cutscene, uh, not being able to go through a door, like, that stuff isn't super game-breaking for me. It's just kind of annoying and silly. But people, like, on PC, where, like, the game is, like, horrible performing like i i'm sure i would be way more negative if i had that experience but i can only speak to my personal experience to it so that's where i'm at <laughs> this is definitely a game of the year contender for me definitely it'd be cool if they had like a no stupid no. <laughs> what were you gonna say how it, stupid was it be stu- okay uh, i don't know it'd be stupid let's get stupid johnny let's star- get crazy stupid if star wars had like bloopers and they they would have like their own stupid glitches, and like one of the glitches is like you turn on your lightsaber and the saber just flops on the ground. Oh, there's a Family Guy episode that does a joke about like, that. I I want to see more games like do little parodies of themselves. You know, uh, that'd be cool. That would be funny. That yeah, that's that seems kind of silly, but that would be funny if they went out of their way to make like like because credits credits are always boring. Jack- I think video game credits are boring. There's no, I mean. Oh, so- Man, when I beat Horizon, I fucking love those credits. When you're just flying around? Just flying around and you see all the little detailed machine parts. It was amazing. Don't you just fly around the map? Isn't that what it was? No, that's a Forbidden West. Oh, the first one you're talking Part about. Part one, you're like in one of the cauldrons just moving around. Oh. It's super dope. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, so, I have a little trivia for you. This is a long-ass podcast, but that's fine. we're almost done. We're almost done. I didn't really get a good look. I just saw the word saber and that was it. Okay, uh, were you gonna go into another segment? No, I was gonna do trivia, but I I, I forgot to finish. And when you told me, like you asked me earlier, oh, it's gonna be trivia. I just I just stopped. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna okay. bother. Uh, this is random, random trivia. But I was just curious because this comes up in our DMs kind of often. Sure. So the trivia is for Ninja Turtles. It's difficult. 
Yeah, I'm not the biggest turtle head, but all right. But uh, I'm hoping Joe can get all of these. I'm assuming he will. Go ahead. So I'll give you the easy ones first. Uh, what is the main enemy for the Ninja Turtles? The, or the most iconic? The Foot Clan. The most iconic enemy? Are we talking about the group or is it specific? Single enemy. Oh, Shredder. Yeah, definitely Shredder. Who is the mentor? Splinter. All right. Now this is the hard part. I want you to name the character, name the color, and name their weapon. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, Orange, Michelangelo, uh, Nunchucks. Okay. I think that's what they're called, right? They're Nunchucks. Uh, what, Rafa- co- what color is he? I said orange. Okay. Oh, my bad. I said orange. Uh, Donatello, purple, bow staff. Correct. I think it's a bow staff. Uh, Raphael is red, and he has the sigh. The two sides? Twin size. Twin size. Okay, size, size, twin size. And then Leonardo is blue with the... Is it a katana or a long sword? It's two katanas. He has two? Yeah. Doesn't he have one? No, it's two. Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, Donatello's the only one who has a one thing, right? Donatello's the only one with he a... He has a post staff. Yeah, just one weapon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's impressive. I, I thought you were going to struggle a little bit because I struggled with it. Why did I see the word saber then? I thought I saw the word saber on your paper. Oh, you know what? I think I saw the colors and I thought of lightsabers. That's what it was. I saw the co- I saw the color blue and I thought lightsaber. <laughs> I didn't see saber. I thought I saw saber. I saw the colors and I thought of lightsabers. I think that's what. That was really good. What was your trivia going to be on? Uh, I was gonna, well, I only came up with like one, so I'm just gonna ask it to you real quick. In Tetris, the block the pieces are made up of four blocks, right? That's why it's called Tetris. The Tetris four, right? Four tetraminos. Yeah. How many unique pieces? Are there in Tetris? Five. That's incorrect. Goddamn. If you think think about them in your head, how many... We got the the L shape. We got the square. Okay, so L shape, square. Okay. The the stick. Stick, okay. We have that little T shape. The T shape, good, yeah. And... Give me a clue. So some people call this, they call it the dog piece because they say the it looks like the head of a dog. Can you picture it? Not really. So it's the one that looks like it's like a Z kind of. Oh, damn. The, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then there's also the counterparts. The Z also has an S shape that faces the opposite direction. Oh, it doesn't count. And the, L, the, and the L has the opposite one that looks like a J. Because they can only flip in certain directions. They, the L and the Z have counterparts to them that are the opposite. Are they flipped or are they mirrored? They're mirrored. Okay. They're also different colors too. I guess that does count. Yeah, they're different colors. So there's six. There's seven. Seven pieces? Yeah. The two counter the two mirrors are four. The stick, the T, and the square. That's seven. Okay. Yeah. I knew it wasn't trippy. I knew you were going to get on the first shot just because. Well, I didn't think about them being mirrored. Those count. They are unique pieces. They are. They're if mirrored. They're mirrored, cool. But if they're just flipped, no. That doesn't count. But yeah, yeah. They're yeah, mirrored. they're mirrored because they don't. Because you know, many times you flip them, they're not going to be the same direction as the other one. Yeah. So that was it. That's all I got. I, had, I was going to come up with more, but I just didn't have time. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, as always, for your listenership. If you made it this far, we appreciate it, as always. Uh, Thanks for sticking out with us. I think this is episode 91. I could be wrong, but we're in the home stretch. We're almost to 100. And then 
Johnny and I have something special, something cool planned for episode 100. We already know what we're going to do. More details on that as we get closer to that. But for now, uh, I think assuming we hold steady and we stick to the one episode per week, we should be there by July, hopefully. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, once again, thanks again for listening. If you have any questions, suggestions, maybe you have a suggestion for trivia, maybe, or you want to tell Johnny or, I don't know, ask him something or me, you can reach us at Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's Podcast, one word. At yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, DuoSense P on Twitter, DuoSense, and then the letter P, because I could not for some reason fit the whole word. On Twitter, you can reach us at both of those places. That's gonna be it for us tonight. We'll hopefully reconvene next week. Assuming I don't have anything important to do. Uh, I'm gonna be a little busy from here on out till probably the end of summer. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll make time. We'll we always make time somehow. So uh uh let's see what comes out next week is there any major games next week i think i'm just gonna go back to finishing final fantasy the pixel remasters i don't think there's anything not june's gonna get busy june's gonna be street fighter 6 uh final 16 diablo 4 i probably not gonna buy all three i don't think i have the time for that i'm definitely gonna buy at least two of them though which ones i don't know final fantasy for sure maybe diablo maybe street fighter not sure which between those two but uh i'm sure whatever i play johnny will probably play you should try more combat just to give your impressions i'll think about it i'll think about it. would you play it on again you said it was on the is it on the catalog or is it on the psn catalog or is it you bought it right yeah it should be on the library okay so that means i have to like sign in as your account if i can remember the details i'll have to look it up i don't know you might have to send me the details again john because i don't remember your login stuff so all right just don't 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 say it right now i'll cover the mic don't say it right now all right, all right guys that's it for us tonight peace we'll see you next week peace bye